Hello, everybody. Welcome to another delicious episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, this is going to be a great one. I got my buddy, Philippe Carvalho. Is that how you say it? Yeah? That's close enough. Yes. Yeah, shit. I know. I butchered yes. it. But Philippe, <laughs> we just call him Philippe for now. And yes. I, I, because my American dialect just doesn't, I can't get around the romantic uh, words oh, just, of, his, of his name. Just wait, just wait for my American accent then. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> but uh, Philippe's a friend of mine. Uh, we've been in contact for quite a while now, just through the internet, and we've done quite a few collaborations, and um, we exchange uh, ideas and concepts and links and stuff. And uh, he does a lot of similar work to me, where we kind of do some design and direction and everything in between. And he's uh, I really, I really love his work. Uh, admire what he does, and he's. What's really awesome um, that I think a lot of people on the podcast will relate to is that he's not in the central hub of L.A. He's actually out in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. So he's, uh, yeah, and he's shredding it up. He's working on all these uh, <clears throat> big Hollywood productions uh, all the way out there, which is killer. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how he's done that and how he manages his day and all the other things that he has on his plate and how he makes all these things happen, but um, yeah, dude, without a, uh, yeah, why don't you just say hello to the, all the peeps? Hello, guys, and uh, and I guess like two or three guys in Portugal, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's the design, the design community out in Portugal. How, why is it, do you think, why do you think that out there it, it's not like super prominent and stuff? Or is it? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, well, m- I guess it's just because there's no actual industry here. Um, there's, I mean, the TV, the TV business is just in in its early early days now, and, and there's no actual industry for for film. We push out like what, like ten ten films every year. That's nothing compared to what everybody else does. Yeah, uh, Hollywood's so, doing that like every day. <laughs> yeah. So there's no there's no actual market. So if there's no market, there's no money. If there's no money. There's nobody uh, trying to do it, and people like me, uh, if if we want to do good work and if we if we want to live doing this, we gotta try and do it outside Portugal. Yeah, it's a challenge for you, huh? It is, it is, and uh, more than more than the uh, the money side, it's the creative side. It's uh, I don't I, I don't see myself. I, I never did. I, I don't see myself just doing the Portuguese. Uh, or Spanish, for that matter, or even French work. Uh, I'm, I'm more inclined, and I've always been more inclined to do uh, American uh, work. Yeah. I, I've, I've always followed it. I've always been. I've always seen myself in it. So I'm very glad to be doing it for the last, I would say, four to five years. Yeah, you're doing it pretty heavily now. I mean, you're able to work work with a lot of different studios. It seems like you've expanded quite a bit since the time that I first started talking with you so which is killer um yeah, it's always so, great to see your friends succeed and just grow and stuff so it's been, it's been really cool watching you develop as a creative too and you're working with like blur and and all these other companies um right now right just freelance yeah uh, actually blur is kind of a a big achievement for me because uh from what i've i've heard at least that's what they've told me uh i'm the first remote freelancer working with outside the US. It's awesome. And, so, and it's been going great and I've been working with them for the last, I would say, like six months on and off working with them. It's killer. Jennifer uh, yeah. and Tim are great. The people that run Blur, they're, they're really nice people. 
Um, yeah. I've worked with them a little bit too. They're they're killer. And they they uh, they put out <clears throat> a, like you know, a class work. They really love what they do and they sacrifice for it. And yeah, it's, that's cool. Yeah. It's cool when you can work with like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I've I guess my my work's been picking up lately. I, I don't really know why, but for, for the last for the last uh, I would say from what last November in 2013. Hmm. Uh, it's been it's been picking up a little bit. I, I know that the, the thing that made me a little uh, more out there for for people to to know me would be the the piece I did like a year ago that called the architect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk that about got, that too. Yeah, that got me on, on the radar of a lot of people. So that that was pretty pretty cool. So did that. So when you did this, so this architect project for those that aren't aware, Philippe um, took like a bit of time and his own resources and and made his own uh title sequence that was fully just kind of comprised around a story that was in his head almost um what yeah. was it like a like an architect that was going kind of crazy i guess going insane yeah uh i came up with a, a background story for uh, uh let's just say i, I tried to do it like it, as if there, there was an actual briefing sure of course which is film. smart yeah it's very smart to do that yeah. yeah. So I, I actually came up with a whole, a whole backstory for it, and I was also thinking about if the, if the the titles come up good, I, I might just do a, a short film, which is something I I'm uh, constantly thinking about. But I don't know if I'll ever do it. But the story is there. You will. You will. <laughs> yeah. I'll push you to do it. I'll demand <laughs> that you do it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, you have tons of potential, you know, and you have such a drive and, des and a desire. We've talked a lot um, about all the future and just kind of the plans, and we have a we've been working on a project that we're not we haven't released yet, but it's one of the biggest that we've ever taken on um, personally. And uh, yeah. and we talk a lot about you know progress and future and stuff like that. So that'd be really great if you were able to do it. What I think was really smart though that I picked up from this is that. You did treat it. This is what caught my eye too. I think when you reached out to me, or I reached out to you, I can't remember what. But when we first started talking, this was what caught my eye because I really appreciate when people take it upon themselves to do work that they're ultimately passionate about, rather than just paying the bills. And it just shows yeah. that you have a voice inside of you that, like, you know, it's the voice that keeps you up at night, kind of thing. And 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 you're willing to 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 sacrifice a little bit to put this together and it was smart that you created a story so that it had something of substance to create so it's not just like a bunch of visual porn you know it's very smart yeah because I, I actually think that that actually shows I think that that always creeps in when you're when you're doing the work it, it, it shows if you if if there's a background story to it yeah indeed uh, and that that project actually came up when I, I I've always been fond of um, the old designers and architects of, the, of back in the day, mm. um, from uh, Sweden and um, Scandinavia in general, and some of the American architects. And I've, I've always been a fan of Eames, um, uh, Eames, Ar Eames uh, Office, I think it's called, yeah, Eames Office. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys who did the Eames chair. Um, and I, I saw this documentary, like, uh, two years ago, maybe three years ago, uh, the, a documentary about um, the Eames office. Uh, and it's not just that the, the, the architect himself was someone I, I, I resonated with. The, the actual documentary itself was really 
really interesting the, the way that they put it together like an homage to the, all the work that he did cool uh, and then i went online and i i found out some more stuff about him and i found this this photo this black and white photo with him and, and his wife mm. um and that photo i i stared at, at it for a while i sent it to myself to look at it while i was working and it, it started to i started to look at it from a, um, a narrative standpoint and I was I was starting to think, what if these these guys uh, had an, an an alternative life to what they they were doing, just not not the work but the outside work? And I was starting to think, what if there was this architect was going insane, he was working in L.A. and uh, he was all alone and he's he working in architecture, doing models all day, back in the 70s, and doing these models. What if he just started to be a control freak? And trying to control people, and that and that was that was kind of the um, the, the main line that started to get me interested in doing this. Uh, so it it, it it's started with a photo. So that's that's usually how it starts for me. If I find an image, an iconic image that I I, I can stare at at it for days and always find new things about it, that's usually how my creative side comes up. That's awesome. I mean, it goes to, you know, like, I think that's how a creative mind should work. It's like, that's what I like the same thing, too, when I see an image that provokes a narrative behind it, like the why and what if and what's going on here. Like, those are my favorite images because you can let your mind kind of run free with it and it it opens up portals of imagination, you know. So yeah. that's cool that you did that and took that, you know, and ran with it because you created a whole different experience for yourself i think through this you know and so from the time that you <clears throat> found this image and were obsessing about it into the you know constructing the story did you write it out on paper or yeah i, I did i actually i i wrote this the beginning of the the would-be script let's call it and um and then I, I just started pulling together a lot of research a lot of imagery which is actually my my usual process i i spend a lot of time and i mean a lot of time looking for um, just photography online. Yeah. And, and I always have, if you look at my, my folder structures for every project I've worked on, there's always this folder called research. Mm. And it always has, has like hundreds of files that I, I pull together. Sometimes I, I don't even look at them anymore. I, yeah. I just use that as a, a, a creative outlet, a, a way to bring in a lot of information that I, I usually digest for the next hours. Uh, so that's what I did for um, the architect, of course, on a larger scale because I had a lot of time. It was my own time. Yeah. So, so, so this went on for uh, three months, I think, just thinking about it. And I, I, I remember I had like three different versions before I came up with the, the one that I, uh, I eventually released. Um, and you you know that feeling when you get, you you do the first version and you're like fuck yeah this is uh, this is gonna be the shit <laughs> yeah and then you just let it simmer let it be there for a while yeah and then you go you go do some, something else in a couple of days you you come back to it and you go like what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's and, weird and right that's, <laughs> and that's that's something that um, I've always thought about that because I think that's really important there's something really interesting about that. Uh, because psychologically, it, or what? like yeah, but just like you know, the the work we do, and and, and most people don't actually notice. I've 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 come to learn. People think we spend like two weeks doing 
three frames. Oh, that'd be awesome. Fuck. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, like two days or a day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember any time when I've had more than three days to come up with a full concept or two concepts for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so that that of course with experience and with your own skill being developed over the years, of course you can come up with good ideas in that amount of time. But those are aren't always and uh, I think uh, most often those aren't the best ideas the best ideas are the ones that you let let go for a couple of days and you come back to them and you develop them again and then you go away and then you come back again those are the best ideas and I've, I've, I've always thought about that and, and actually uh, some people have asked me why my my website is called random thought pattern mm, yeah and uh, the thing behind that is uh, if you break it up, it's random, and that's a thought, and then it's a pattern. And the, and the thing I have about that is if if someone gives you a briefing, and I've actually done this for at least one project back in the day for Digital Kitchen. Um, I'll, I'll run it by you so, so you can probably understand it better this way. Sure. Uh, the briefing was uh, for, what was it for? Oh, yeah, for an Xbox game called Forza Motorsport 4, I think. Yeah, I love Forza. Wee! Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah, only game I actually play because I like racing stuff. Yeah, I liked it too. And um, and uh, Digital Location came up to me and said, well, look, we have the assignment is to come up with a way to showcase the car in this connect uh, interactive uh, mood, let's call it. Yeah, uh, and uh, so you go away and you, and you come up with different ideas for how we should show the car in a way that's attractive, and not overly obvious like a garage or, or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" Yeah, seriously. Well, every project I feel like that too. It's like, yeah. "Hey, we want to see something we've never seen." You have two days go. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but th- this one was especially <laughs> especially intriguing because. Uh, uh, we do TV and film, right? And, and sometimes we do some commercials, but interactive stuff. I've, I've done a lot of interactive stuff back in the day when I was a web designer, um, but n- nothing like this. So, uh, but I, I do have some background of playing games when I was younger, uh, and I do know about games, and I do know about technology with, uh, like, connect for interaction with your hands and all that. And so, uh, but I was freaking out a little bit. And um, I went to dinner and my wife wasn't at home. I, I clearly remember this like, like it was yesterday. I went to dinner uh, by, the, by the river. Um, I, I went, uh, I sat down, I, I ordered the food and it was, it was getting dark. And so the, the lights started to come up, the, the, the street lights, right? Yeah. So uh, I see these, these lights coming up all across the, um, the the river line. Yeah. And, and I, I stare at one, and I, and I, I keep thinking to myself, hmm, that's interesting, because when that light came up, there was a pool of light on, on the ground. And I was thinking, huh, okay, so what if I have a car in complete darkness, and the, the gamer doesn't see anything? He, so he, he moves his hand forward, and one light comes up, and you see like a, a rim being lit. And he moves forward a little bit again, and then an- another light comes up, and you see the, oh, I don't know, the, the windshield or the, the backside of the car or a tire. Yeah. It's, this is a way for the gamer to find out what's in front of him 
and to make it more desirable. And, and the way that these lights would come up would make the car look like 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 an art object almost. Yeah, revealing it slowly. And it, like and, a naked oh, woman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a naked, a naked shining woman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, which he can open with his bare hands. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. You said it. I didn't say it. Don't judge me, people. Judge him. <laughs> yes, yes. Please judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please judge me. That should be the name of a website, too. Please judge me. Well, this isn't my native language, so maybe I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. That's a nice escape. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, and... Uh, you can only use that a couple times during this podcast, just to be aware, so... <laughs> use it like five times. Don't throw me under the bus just yet. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking around. Sorry, you're so, saying, so you're revealing this amazing, beautiful car through light and, and the interaction. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and I... Um, the thing is, and... and, and Probably uh, back then there there was already this cinematographer within me coming coming up and probably yeah uh, you but, love uh, that stuff too we'll talk yeah, about that more yeah we always talk about that kind of stuff yeah but um the thing about this and this is what I'm going for with this story is that I wasn't actively looking for a solution the the solution presented itself with something that uh, I didn't I wouldn't know about if I if I hadn't Go, gone out and totally thought about something else. Yeah. So the best ideas, and this is in my experience at least, the best ideas are, are the ones you find when you're not looking for them. Sure, and, which is a bitch. Then, I yes, hate that. it is. <laughs> Especially when the world demands it of you so fast. Yeah, that's exactly it. You don't have the time to do it. Yeah. But then the, the next thing is you have the, the random. That's what I call the random. And then you have to... You have to break it down into an actual thought. You have to make it workable. You have to extract the core idea from that random event you just witnessed. That sparked something within you, right? Yeah. And so you have you have to work that thought for a while. That usually takes a while. And then you have to find patterns. And the patterns for me are design. Design is finding patterns, right? Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So yeah, if, if, for me, finding patterns within within a, a thought means that. This thought has to work in a multitude of levels. It has to be beautiful. It has to make sense. It has to work in all these things that answer the briefing. So that's what I mean with random thought pattern. That's what that that's the the most the most genuine and the most the most beautiful way to come up with a creative solution. Because uh, otherwise, and that's what we do every day, we have to force it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that when uh, it's it's a challenging thing. I fi I'm on the fence about that all the time because <clears throat> I'm constantly being forced to push my mind in different ways and for clients or whatever, and it's uh, really taxing. It's challenging. At the end of the day, I feel like I've just got beat up, you know, like yeah. mentally. And uh, sometimes I feel like, dude, this is not right. And then sometimes I realize that if if I didn't have a deadline, if I didn't have a client or somebody breathing down my neck, it w might not get done. You know, because yeah, I like true. to sit in the in the ether and let it you know brew and stuff. You know, and but I I actually have <clears throat> I'm really big on getting things done. I think you know that too. Yeah. And it's important for me to have that feeling. But I but I know what you're saying and I agree because it's there's a there's a there's a blissful exchange when you're just in the moment of creativity and yeah. there, it's a beautiful thing to be in that moment of just pure just kind of getting lost in it and being it and being um 
kind of lost in a different moment. And I think that's what I, I've always mentioned. And I think it's good for any designer or artist, artist in general is to travel as much as you can uh, see the world because that yeah. will give you so many ingredients to um, fulfill your work um, and your desires. Because uh, a lot of times people go instantly to the computer and I get that it makes sense because it's easy. But yeah. the easiest things is never the the best, you know, never yields the best results, I think, because especially when everybody else has a computer and they can do the same exact thing, you know, <laughs> and as, as vast as the Internet is, it still has its limitations, you know, and I think that's really what I might have been picking up psychologically from your work is that you're looking at things totally differently, you know, because... I, I, I can know pretty quickly whether I like somebody's work or not pretty much instantly. I go, oh, yeah, like I see where their muse came from or whatever. But with your work, I can tell you try to go with uh, a different like kind of route, you know, which is cool, you know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's good. It's good, man. I think it's working for you. Just keep going. So. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, thank you. But going back to, to the architect, um, but that's what I tried to do for it because uh, it was on my own time. So I tried to develop through the, uh, the days and come up with something good. Yeah. What's the timeline on that? How long did it take you to do that? A total of four months. Four months off and on just while you're working because you yeah. have a full time job as a designer out there as well, right? Yeah, I have a full time. I have a full time job at a a, a production post production company here in in, uh, in Portugal, and I always work um, in, as a freelancer for the exclusively for the U.S. actually uh, at night and on the weekends. Why not for uh, Canada? What you hate Canada? <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually <laughs> I've actually worked for Canada for one company. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Canada too. Okay, there you go. All right, I'm just just trying to make sure that you know, don't, don't segregate, dude. Benson's Canadians, they get yeah. pissed. They're violent yeah, up there. I'm just joking. The the funny thing is, um, I started doing this four or four or five years ago, and uh, I still feel pretty blessed to be doing this because it's it's pretty uncanny for someone so far away to be doing this so consistently. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It is. And location. Once you get to that level, location doesn't matter as much. You know. I mean, it's it's always it's always an obstacle. Yeah. But um, good work. It doesn't matter. People. If you're the best at what you do, it doesn't matter where you are. I think you know. I mean, sometimes it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you're trying to direct a film and stuff, obviously you have to be there yeah. with everybody, and it's very consuming, and there's all that kind of stuff. There's a whole different facet to it, but. When you're when you're doing like when you're a piece of it when you're designing just a section of it then yeah you don't have to be there every day in the in the and sometimes people and clients like that that you're different that you're outside because you're a wild card you know like you're like oh let's bring this yeah. guy in let's try this out because he's gonna give us something that we would never see you know I've had some I've had, I've had some studios tell me that uh, actually yeah some studios have told me that they like working with me for two reasons because I'm I, I'm out of the uh, constant bombarding of information in the U.S. Yeah. When, when everybody eventually starts doing the same thing because that's what they see on the TV and on 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 the on the cinema. Yeah. Uh, and another thing is because um, I'm cheaper. No, no, that was back in the day. That yeah. Was, uh, Not anymore, you know, dude. <laughs> nowadays, no. Nowadays, I'm, 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 I think I'm pretty much the same as everybody else in the U.S. Yeah. As far as, as rates go. Which is good too, and that helps you, you know, like pick and choose your jobs, and then you can really put your all into the projects that are requiring you to do so, which is good, you know. So, 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, another reason for doing the architect, which is also pretty important to me, because uh, I do style frames uh, every every day almost, uh, and I, I love doing them. But I always, I also miss shooting things and animating things, and I I, I, I still like doing that, and um, and that's why I did um, the architect. I wanted to shoot. Um, a whole piece and edited myself. I, I, I did the whole thing myself. The, the music was done by a good friend called Jesse Solomon Clark. Um, but the, the rest I did it all by myself. And uh, I, I enjoy do, doing that. And I try and, and do that as often as I can. Yeah. Like, like six to six months, I try to come up with something to. Because I love the editing and the shooting, I, I love doing that. Yeah, it's a whole different process. It's uh, like Fincher. I think we talk a lot about Finchers too, and I like yeah. listening to his commentary because they're very fulfilling and like he's got a lot of information. But he said once in one of his commentaries that really clicked with me, especially when we're out shooting the title sequence for Off recently, is that with film, it's the biggest form of art exchange. It's like you you have every facet pretty much, and yeah. you experience each stage differently. Like you, so you got like the the script stage, and then you got the pre production stage, and then you have all these different stages, and you have like you know you go and you do the you actually go out and shoot it and get the actors to do their thing and get the environments to work for itself and all that shit it's a whole different task and then you collect all that data and bring it back and you start editing it seeing how it works and flows and then so like there's all these layers just like this huge layered cake you know it's very exhausting and then it's done and it's released and then you get to see what people react to and then fans and then critics and stuff and then it's off to the next one it's just like it's a very uh, interesting uh, exchange, really. It is, you know, like the more yeah. I study these guys, all these uh, designers and stuff, it trips me out. Yeah, and I, I've I've always been drawn to the to the directors who are very much into the process. Yeah, like he like is. Fincher, like yeah. Fincher, and, and he's a very guy, smart guy. He is, and 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 that guy who directed Prisoners, uh, the Neville Love, I think is his name. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that a beautiful guy, film too, like beautiful looking film. That's a great film, and and I've I found out through listening to a couple of interviews and reading about him, he's very much into the process. It, it doesn't, not so much. Uh, how should I put it? When when the film comes out, he's done with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about the the actors and the process of shooting the film. It's his baby as uh, when he has it in his hands. As soon as it's out of his hands, it's it's out of his control. It's, it's mostly out of his life. And, and so is Fincher. Fincher is probably the same the same way. Well, you just I think for those guys, they're so laser-focused that they can't just be in both things at once. They have yeah. to pick and choose it. And I think that's one thing that I've learned a lot from all these great guys that have accomplished these things is that they really go full, wholehearted into these things, you know, without any distractions. And yeah. that's a big lesson for me because I'm a distracted person all over the place. And I think you have the same kind of thing, you know? We talk about that quite a bit, actually, too, like how to keep the focus going. And, you know, it's it's challenging when you have to pay the bills and all this stuff. And there's all these people that are relying on you and you have all these obligations, well, you know. But I've, I've actually, I've actually, and not to, to make this, uh, that kind of conversation, but I've, I've, I've actually learned a lot from you. Because you've, you've said on and off that you, you learned to, to say no. Yeah, saying no is is what powerful people do, really. You know, like it's yeah, like, and that's that's uh, I've I've I thought I knew what you meant by saying that, but now I do. Now I actually do know what you mean by saying no, and yeah. I've actually I've actually started to say no 
to to projects uh, because I I, I want to focus on the things that matter to me. Yeah. The things the things that matter for to my my progression as a designer, my progression as a director, my progression as a cinematographer. Yeah. And uh, I've I've uh, you've known me for for a while. You, you know I'm a pretty pretty quiet guy, and I I I make my road with objectives, and I know almost precisely what I have to do to to get where I want to go. Yeah. Uh, so these milestones, I I I'm, I pretty much know how to to get to them, and that means saying no to stuff that I've I've, I've two years ago I would have always said yes. Because you, you you have to you you have to understand something because being a Portuguese guy working for the American uh, industry, uh, the first time I, I got a gig, I paid dinner to everybody I knew. Because it's 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 this big achievement. I mean, nobody ever had the opportunity to work for anything in the in the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the first one of the first Portuguese guys doing it. So you always feel blessed to just do anything, you know. Yeah. So for for, for the first couple of years, I, I was feeling like that. Well, it's the same for me too, man. I grew up super poor, and and the insecurity was the reason why I didn't say no. And and I realized that I I could say yeah. no, and once I did, I was like, oh, there's a lot of power in that. Not in yeah. a conniving way, not in a bad way. It's just that like, okay, like I've reached this accomplishment, and it's important in life to to reach those goals, but to also acknowledge that you've reached them, and then to move on, you know, and to yes. like embrace the idea that you've achieved those goals wholeheartedly, and and let them become what they are. And build upon them with other goals and stuff, you know. So, which is good. Yeah. The, all these books that I've been reading and digesting about this kind of stuff has been really good for me because, like, I, you know, I didn't have, I didn't come from a lot. Like, maybe I don't know. We have different backgrounds, but I didn't come from a ton of like, you know, material wealth and stuff. But I had a lot of yeah, fundamental maybe. spiritual. Like, you know, my mom and I were really close growing up, and so it was. It helped me um, socially, but when it comes to like success and keeping success and how to manage it and stuff, like I'm totally fucking clueless. So I had to use these books to kind of help, you know, manage it. And the, all these kind of like, there's a lot of them too. There's like rich dad, poor dad. And, um, you know, like eat that frog and all these other things about procrastination and stuff that I mentioned quite a bit, but, um, and you're still thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to college. I've gotten, I got two degrees, but, I really felt that I was just dicking around. Um, I didn't wasn't really paying attention and doing much, and I don't even remember what the the degrees are in necessarily. They're they're art based, but I don't remember the specifics yeah. of what which one it was. And then not to downplay education, I think education is wonderful. I just I'm more in the sense where I, if it's not it doesn't interest me at that moment, I'm not gonna fucking bother with it. You know, so yeah, uh, my my take on the uh, whole education thing. I've I've had a lot of conversation about uh, conversations about that over the years. Yeah, and I've, I've gradually changed my my perception about it because I, when I was young and I was I was hustling it. I, I was uh, I've never gone to college. I'm totally self self taught. Hmm. So uh, you always have this feeling like you have to prove yourself to everybody. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and security. With, yeah. And when you start, when you start, start to actually uh, finding out that you can do it, uh, you you have this this grudge inside of you when people talk about, oh, I'm going to college, and I'm, and you're always saying like, fuck that, I don't need that shit. Yeah, you're wasting, exactly. You're wasting your time. But over the years, you you come to realize that actually it's a good investment, but it's not enough. Okay, you should go to college, and you actually do learn stuff there. 
but you have to then work for yourself and, and most importantly you have to know how to sell yourself and and in my experience most people don't know how to sell themselves because people just sit on their hands and wait for a call <laughs> yeah yeah you and must be assertive really pisses, yeah. that shit really pisses me off yeah yeah it would for me too i think a lot of this thing it's which is cool i think that's probably why we relate and we're we've continued to have uh communication back and forth because we relate on a lot of the the big important things i think with all this stuff and, and one of the big things is that um, it's you have to work for this stuff. It's not easy, um, but the rewards are great once you do. Um, because I, I was telling Anthony too on the shoot, I was telling him that you know he's he's one of the most talented people I know. Anthony Scott Burns. He's he was on the podcast when the first uh, episodes. If people are curious, but he's yeah, one he's of the most he's one of the most talented, uh, gifted people I know. Um, just because his obsessions and how 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 focused he is. But with him, I was telling him I was like, dude. It's going to be a long journey for you, but like you're going to, you're enjoying every step of it. You're earning each step, and if you just continually go, you're going to like you're going to get where you need to go eventually. You just that's just kind of natural, but it's yeah. going to be hard as fuck to get there. But it's going to be worth it every every fucking penny of it because uh, it's because you're earning it. You're earning each step, you know. And it's it's there's something to be said as I think for the human mind, like it's almost like you need to have things happen in progression like that because if you get it all at once it's like the kid that's raised without um it's like buddha like i don't know if you ever read up on buddha but buddha from the things that i read is that he was extremely sheltered um he was the king's son i think and he was extremely sheltered and they didn't like they, they lived within like this kingdom with walls and stuff and he never okay. saw death or anything like that or, or or poverty or anything and everything else that was shitty was outside the walls but one day he saw uh somebody died or something like that and he saw it and, it and it shook his system and then he went crazy kind of and then he went off and did his retreat and became who he the mythical person that he is known through like all the scripture that's my rough and take on it that's kind of what i've read through like deepak chopra's books and stuff but yeah. um but what happens with that though is i think it gives you an altered skew on actual actually what reality is and i think that we're all we're all trying to grasp what reality really is you know and focusing in on exactly what that is and um, a lot of people uh, myself included have a very skewed reality uh, a skewed perception of what reality is you know and when you see somebody that's really skewed off it just fucking uh, it irks the shit out of you because you're like, dude, what the fuck? It's like, it's like those housewives of whatever show. It's like, oh, I can't watch that stuff. It's so no, gross, man. you know. Don't get started on that crap. It's yeah. so disgusting, but it's like huge television. So people like to watch people burn, you know. Like it's a weird thing too about humanity. <laughs> they like to watch like other people fail, so they yeah. feel better about their inadequacies and stuff, you know. It's just kind of psychologically odd, but. Um, yeah. I'm I'm running on a random tangent here, but there's this yeah. I know what you're saying, and there's there's these fundamental things like that's why I think Anthony and I connect very well is because like we come from you know being poor and there's uh there's something that when you when you climb yourself up the mountain and you've earned the steps it's it's something there's something cool to be said about that I think that experience is very trying <laughs> and char ch challenging but it it's worth yeah. it you know. Uh, well, for me, for my upbringing, it's the it's the only way to do it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm guessing other people have other 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 ways to do it, of course. But uh, uh, I, I mean, I've I've learned a lot uh, over the years from my my father because he he, he didn't get all, all that that many chances to be uh, successful, and he still he still kind of made it. He, he still kind of he, he he made the money had he needed to. 
uh, and he uh, supported his family. And uh, I'm, I have two brothers, and uh, I've I've learned from. Are my you the father. youngest? Uh, yes. Oldest? Yeah. You're the youngest. I'm the youngest. Yeah. Baby. Youngest. Okay. Sorry, you're saying. <laughs> Baby Philippe. Yeah. Baby Philippe. Baby Philippe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, what I'm saying, yeah, but uh, I, I've learned. I think we've all we all did. My my brothers and I, uh, we've learned that life, uh, and pretty early on, we've learned that life has to be thought for. Yeah. Uh, so you have to go out there and and, and make it for yourself. Um, and l- like I, I think you've said a couple of times too, uh, there's two kinds of people in the world: the ones who talk about it and the ones who do it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yes, and I've, we've all met those guys. You know who you are. You're li- some of you are listening to this podcast, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what the the ones that do stuff or don't do stuff? Oh, both. Both I of guess. them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> The friends that don't do stuff, yeah, I guess keep listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you you really do have to get yourself out there and and, and work for it. Because uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm in Portugal, and nobody knows uh, who I am and where I am. So uh, I, I've had to to really work for it and and try to put my name on the map a little bit. And you're not leaving too. You're staying out there, right? Because you're you like the times we talked. You're pretty located. You're pretty you're pretty much established, and you're out there for the long haul. Then, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that ship has has come and gone. Um, uh, relocating. Uh, well, you and, never know, though. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you you never know. But uh, we're planning. Uh, my wife and I we're planning to to stay uh, right now. But um, there were a couple of more than a couple of opportunities to relocate to the U.S. and actually pretty good opportunities. But uh, I'm I'm in a pretty good place, uh, metaphorically and physically speaking. How about your wife? Does she do, do similar stuff, or she does? She does. She does not. She she's a what what does she call herself? She's a communications manager at the pharmaceutical company. Oh, okay, that sounds like totally opposite to you. Do you, guys, do you guys just does she understand like how ridiculous you are with by staying up late and not sleeping yeah. and kind of going manic and getting crazy? Well, l- let me tell you, if if you don't have an understanding wife, you better work on someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you you know what I'm talking about. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. When my wife and I aren't doing well, it's like everything else kind of just fails for us or for me in general. So. Yeah, I need yeah. to have. I need to make sure that her and I are on point, or it's just kind of a, a losing battle, basically. And I, I actually think all creative types are like that. If you don't have a, a secure, um, personal life, uh, a friend, you know, or a husband, or whatever, you know, like just somebody that you can confine in, or that understands you better than anybody else. Yeah. And was willing yeah. to support you because it is. Um, what we do is is literally we're just kind of building out dreams and ideas. We're not we're living in the ether for a long time before things happen. I remember telling my wife I, when I got the job at Prologue, I told her I said, you know, don't worry, this is all gonna work out. I promise you. And she she's more practical. She's like, that's bullshit. You know, like you know that's gonna be a year of me not seeing you. That's gonna be very tiring and taxing. You know and and yeah. and and it didn't pay off until like a year after all the 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 fucking madness happened. Really, you know, it's it's it was a long payoff. I saw it five years away though. You know, I saw where it was gonna be. Yeah. This is very challenging. But for for visionaries or just creatives in general that 
have to put themselves out into like the future and and the prospects of what can could and can't be um that's a very challenging thing and it's hard to ask of somebody that doesn't have that you know it is it is but I, I i i have to commend you for having the balls to to do it because uh, not a lot of people would would take up that opportunity like you did i just don't and see that, it any other way though that's the, at that point i was like you know if i want to live my dream and follow it then i have to you know so yeah yeah, and you don't want to be that bitter old guy that's nope. always talking about what could have been and not what he did. And my wife <laughs> knew that too. She didn't want me to be that guy. She didn't want me to be like. Just, yeah, that'll kill you. That'll kill you. Yeah, right. seriously. Um, there's. I think that's one of the worst things that you could do. Um, yeah. To yourself as a person is not live to the potential that's within your core. You know that. That's uh, and everybody has a different core potential. Like I have some friends that are just amazing dads, and that's their that's their that's their mission in life and they're there but then i have some friends that are totally opposite to that that don't have kids and are just really amazing at creating and stuff and and that's killer as well you know but everybody that but they're so fulfilled and they're so happy because they found their bliss you know whatever that may be you know and and i i and speaking of that i remember the first time i sent out an email uh, like five years ago or something I, i remember i clearly remember the first time i sent an email out for uh, uh, presenting myself as a freelancer in art direction and and whatnot, doing style frames, and I sent that out to Digital Kitchen. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't expecting anything. I was like, uh, and I thought about it for weeks and months. I thought about it because you're scared, right? Yeah, you're of scared, course. You're, you're rejection is a painful rejection, thing. Right? Yeah. Rejection is a, is a bitch. Yeah. And that that haunt me for. For many many days, but one day I, I said to myself, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna try it." Yeah. But the, the worst thing that can happen is nothing happens. Yeah, which is better than sitting there and thinking of what would happen. Think you know? about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I I sent the email and I, I I got an answer and that that was when it started. Boom shakalaka, bam slam dunk. <laughs> and and a lot of people uh, are still thinking about it and sitting on their hands. Yeah. And I, and actually, it's funny because I uh, nowadays I, I do lectures and workshops and all that shit. Famous. And I and I <laughs> and I, and I always I'll always end my my lectures with a, a video of Steve Steve Jobs uh, talking about uh, when he was a young kid and he wanted to get to get some some parts. He, he was a young kid. He was he was working on. He had a school project or something like that, and he needed some electric electronic parts from to, to do something. I don't remember what it, what it was. So he, he called uh, Hewlett Packard, HP, yeah, asking for those parts. And the, the guy who answered the phone was um, the CEO of uh, Hewlett Packard, and he, he he thought it was funny for Steve Jobs to be cold calling uh, him to asking for the parts. So he, he sent him the parts. And Steve Jobs did the, that project, and he won an award and whatnot, and that stuck with him. So, yep. so he, he was talking about if you don't call, if you don't pick up that phone, if you don't send that email, you're never gonna know. You're never gonna know, and that's a key to all this stuff. Wayne Gretzky knew it too, like the famous hockey player. He, he would say like, "You miss hundred uh, percent of the shots you never take," you know. So at least you can try, you know. Like, and failure is a bitch, you know. It sucks, and 
um, when I was when I finished my couple months of just trying to put the portfolio together and I emailed it out to everybody, nobody got back me to me but Prologue. And that was actually great because this Prologue is the only one I really wanted to work with. <laughs> yeah. So, but if I didn't have, if I hadn't have done it and if I let all, I spend out like a hundred emails, if I had to let all them sending all that out ruin me, then uh, I would never have gotten to where I am and, and it wouldn't have taken me where I'm now. And, you know, like, yeah. you know, the same experience, you know, kind of similar thing. And I yes. think action is, is a key to success. You know, you must be willing to act upon your impulses and be willing to fail. And that's yeah. the scary thing. You look at like really successful guys, directors, uh, businessmen. When I think that a real successful business person should be constantly aware of their failures and constantly um, pushing closer to them but expecting pushing towards success but expecting that there's a possibility of of failure you know and uh because that's just kind of naturally what it is really you know that's what we're and and i've 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 actually learned from a few mistakes and a few big failures that i've 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 done of course i i don't i don't show them on my portfolio nobody does (laughs) yeah i've I've had at least two um uh, Two occasions where I, I was totally out of my depth, and uh, and you learn from it. I mean, I, I, I'm never going to do that kind of uh, project again because I, I know I'm not good at it. And and the reason I wasn't good at it is because I well, didn't. Maybe want I'll to. do it again, but yeah, not now. Yeah, well, maybe. But uh, the the thing I've I found out is if I'm not into it, yeah. If if I don't if I don't laser focus on it like you you said, yeah, it's not going to work and it's going to show. And yeah. It did. And and that got back to back to me in my face big time. Yeah, so, yeah. At the same yeah. thing, and when people are paying you at the premium that we charge, like you gotta yeah. just you gotta give them that respect, and and that's I, why I, I say I, no I, now because I'm like, dude, I'm just not gonna be into it, and I'm not. Exactly. Yeah, and I've I've actually had uh, an occasion where um, this big company out in New York, I'm not gonna say names, but um, they hired me to do style frames for a project, and I. Well, the project sucked. <laughs> it did. It was, Not all of them are good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. some of them are crap. You know, and you know it, and everybody does. Everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. But uh, okay, you you do it, of course, and I um and I, I did, and I had a, a great relationship with them, and I, I've I've had done uh, some really interesting jobs with them, and I, of course I, I took this one as well. Uh, but I did the frames, and you always know when you're doing the frames just just to get them out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and I did them, and I sent them out, and I went to sleep like I always do. <laughs> and I and I I didn't sleep that well. <laughs> I, I had this feeling, dude, you're faking it. Yeah. You're faking it, you can't you can't start doing that shit. You yeah. Can't, you can't do it. And the other day, of course. Um, the uh, the creative director sent an email. Uh, he, he was a great guy. He still is. He, he sent me this email saying, "Philippe, uh, the frames you sent are good, but uh, I I'm, I'm expecting a lot more from you. Uh, and I know you can do better. And if something's going on. Please try again." He, he was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's aware he of very, it too. Yeah. Yeah, he was very cool because uh, he, he knows my my work and he knew I wasn't really pushing myself to it uh he, and he was right and I, I got really pissed at myself i remember it yeah I really pissed at myself uh and when i'm like that when i'm i'm stressing out with a project my wife <laughs> poor poor wife she yeah, always, poor wife 
<laughs> she always gets some of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, because she'll be talking to me. I won't be listening to anything she's saying. Yeah. I'll forget everything to, I got to do in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And she'll be like, okay, so the, the, uh, Philippe, this one isn't going that well, right? And I'm like, don't don't talk to me right now. <laughs> and, and so she'll go to bed and, and, and that'll be it, right? <laughs> But uh, so those are the those are the little things that you you start to find find out about yourself, and um, I've I've never done that again because I, if I if I have a feeling I'm not gonna really be into it, I just say no. Yeah, yeah. Well, limitations, you know, and I think that uh, I think if you can just say no, and like, I did that recently too. I was like, I would rather just work on my own stuff right now, even if even though I need to pay some bills right now. I'm just like, ah, nah, just not feeling it, and I have to feel it now, you know. Like for such a long time, I was faking it just to do it, you know, and then uh, now I just feel like, but I don't know. Is that part of of making successful work? Is is partially just you know faking it and putting yourself into the unknown? Sometimes it's like you can only polish a turd so well, so much. It's, it's always a fucking turd, you know. It's like, you know, it's like let's make a super soaker commercial look like Inception. It's like go fuck oh, yourself, you know. It's yeah. do with and, that. And, and and you know there are these jobs that that come to you. And I, as, like I said, I, I work at a, at a, a production house uh, full time, so I have to do everything that comes through the door. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of it is crap. <laughs> and, so, and, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm doing crap all day, and then I come here at night and I'm doing crap again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? Why, why, why? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that 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 started to work out for me when I started to really start pick. I, I don't do it. I don't do it all the time, of course. I I still I still get my fair share of uh, not so good projects, but uh, sure. We all do. You gotta embrace it, you know. You can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too. There's got to be a bit of mix, you know. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just depends. I think that I also look at like other successful designers, and I and I think to myself like, there was a really interesting moment in my career where I was at Comic Con. I had gone there for a long many times to Comic Con um, here in San Diego as yeah. a kid, and I'm big into comics and art. I think you know that too. And and uh, and so I went there, and uh, one one year I went there, and I was just a fan, and I was going and seeing all the artists, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then, then I did the poster with Mondo, and then I was there another year, the, the year after or something, and then I had a line for two and a half hours of people that wanted me to sign the poster. And I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? So it, 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 it was a big slap in the face to say, Okay, be cautious about where you spend your time, how you spend your time with, and be and align yourself with the right people that can help you get your get your work to where it needs to be. And yes, and the thing that pisses me off usually is when people come up to me and ask, "How did how did you do? And how did you get? Uh, what's, what's how did you get Blur uh, to work with you?" And I said, "Well, I sent them an email, and they're like, what? You sent an email? Like, yes, that's it.' And you, yep." But you have to do the work. You have to do good work for a couple of years, so Blur will, will want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, work, right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, right? They they just want a a, um, a solution. They just want a quick solution, quick fix for everything, and that pisses me off. Usually. Well, I'll tell you what, the guys at Blur are very hardworking people, and they're not in there for easy solutions. They've been working at it. They've been. I think Tim and Jennifer, his, him and his wife, started that company quite a while ago. 
yeah. um, and they've been working hard at it and then they've been able to earn the trust of some big clients and that's therefore they're able to, to do the work that they that they love and enjoy um, and, 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 uh, and it shows and the whole team puts in a lot of effort but you know if in order to work with those kind of people you have to be willing to be that person as, as well you know to fit in that team you know and i'm not yeah. sure i mean i i just know them just basically just through a couple little ex- experiences and stuff so i'm talking out of my ass but a lot of these companies do or and are and are, li- are like that you know like ILM was created um, off of, you know, George Lucas's team of people creating the movies and special effects from him, you know, and, and those people yeah. are, are, are really skilled and really focused on the things that they were doing at the time, you know, so. Yeah, and as you know, you have to do the work to get the work. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And- and the work you do uh, will be the work you'll be doing, which is yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, which is important to show only the work that you want to do for the future, yeah. you know, not the and, work that you don't want to do. And uh, the, the architect piece was, uh, uh, I, I always thought of it as a, a way to, <clears throat> sorry, as a way to reach out to a couple of studios, which I did. Uh, and it actually worked. Uh, they got back to me. They loved what I, what I had done. And I, I got to work with them right away, Blur and Elastic, which was great. I mean, that that was the, the goal, and I, I readily achieved it. Yeah, you accomplished uh, it. Yeah, and uh, I think I, I always thought that that's the way you have to do it. You have to you have to show that you're capable of doing the things that they'll be requiring you to do at the quality that they do it. Yeah, so. doesn't it make sense though? I mean, it's like they're paying a premium for this. They need to see results. I and and I see both ways, you know. Like, uh, it's weird, like how I didn't see that when I first started. But it's like you got to be able to fulfill those those uh, requests, you know. And 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 you, in order for them to do that, it's like even with like um, I did a lot of reading on like Ridley Scott and his whole experience with like uh, Prometheus and stuff, and like all the issues that he had to deal with with making that movie. And even for yeah. somebody at his level who's created such like you know some of the, the some of the most well-known genre-breaking films, he still has to fight that shit. You know, yeah. Yeah. so it's like it never ends. It's just this whole this this beast is just kind of well, you, savage, you you're, you know? you're always remembered for the last thing you did, and if the last thing you did was crap, that's the thing they'll they'll be remembering. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> the inter- entertainment industry is like a like a very uh, uh, like fidgety child. You know, it's like yeah. it's like this baby that wants more and more, and, and it's never happy. It's Indeed. always crying and screaming. Yeah, <laughs> and and the people that are having to coddle it and feed it are people like ourselves, the creatives and stuff. And <laughs> and it's and it's okay. It's part of what it is. It'll change. It's gonna change. There's a lot of. There, we're actually in this weird uh, dawn of a big change. I think that's gonna occur with everything. I have a lot of theories as to where movies are gonna be, what they're gonna become, and you know the dawn of it. It's the end of the golden age of film is 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 gone. I think. I think there's still it great is. films being made, but it's going to be like it's going to be like uh, connoisseurs of film are going to be kind of like people that go to see like Broadway musicals and shit like it's yeah. going to be like one of those things but it's going to be like movies are going to be like books we still have books and we use them and they're wonderful but the experience of the future is going to be different from that it's not going to be this one way exchange there's going to be multiple dimensions of it I think you know well I, I, I agree with all the, all the talk right now about how uh, quality Quality um, scenes and quality story stories are on on TV. I actually agree with that, but I, I think it's it's starting to get a little oversaturated. 
there's a lot of good stuff on TV. There's a lot you can get away with on TV which you can't get away with right now on on, on films. Yeah, uh, especially all the uh, the comic hero stuff that's going on. It, it it's going to implode pretty soon, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, when movies like The Avengers make so much money, they're like, well, we'll just keep cashing that cow until you know, like, because they got bills to pay, they got enormous overhead and all that stuff. And Disney uh, is just such a monster. It's like it's weird. And when you have that's when it starts to really freak me out is when you have a company running all the different it's like a monopoly when you have yeah. when, when you have a company that does that you don't get the best work you get the best work when there's uh, competition and there's uh, diversity and when you don't have that you're gonna get these weird like repetitions which is what's happening I think now in film uh, that I'm noticing and it's and it's not yeah. like it's bad work and I, it's like there's not like one person or one thing to really pinpoint what it is you know necessarily for all these cases you know but I just know that there's a total difference from the childhood of things that I've experienced to where my daughter is. I'm just, I feel kind of bad for her, but maybe it's just because I have this weird, like, mental connection with the things that I enjoyed when I was growing up, you know? Maybe it's it's yeah. not as special, you know, so. Yeah, well, I, I, I think we all we all are back to the, the days of, of great films, um, but uh, that's that's always going to stick with us because that's what we, we grew, grew up with. Yeah. But uh, right now, if you look at um, if you look at film, I mean, it's the money is on is on uh, comic book uh, films, and and then by the end of the year, you get the good films. You get stuff like uh, Captain Phillips or Prisoners or uh, I don't know something that features those. Those all all come out like November, October, December. That's it. And then you you go through the the silly season. You go through the blockbusters, <laughs> and they they all look the same pretty much. Yeah. Of course, there are these films that sometimes come up. They're uh, they're good. They're narratively good. They look good. They feel good. But overall, they 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 feel the same. The same thing over and over and over. And everybody's flocking to TV. But the thing about TV, and I was reading about that the other day. Uh, there's too much quality right now, which is a weird thing, because people have to. Because it, it's a TV show, right? So it's uh, every week there's an episode. And people are are, are uh, digesting these these series like House of Cards on Netflix, where they binge on it for they, they close themselves off for three days and they binge on the whole season. So people don't really have the time to watch all the the good stuff that's on TV, which is starting to be a problem. Uh, I myself, I I'm following House of Cards, and uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't have the time to watch anything else. Yeah. I wish I did, and I know you do too. I think you just watched like what two two shows or something like that. Yeah, I was watching the True Detective thing. That was pretty cool. And then yeah. uh, I haven't I haven't really given given uh, House of Cards a start. Really, uh, I did watch the first episode, and it was great. But it was just if it, it felt like I had to watch it and sit for another like three episodes for it to really hit. But yeah. I but I enjoyed what I watched. It just was it was a challenge for me to continue because I was just busy doing other things. I actually have a hard time sitting still watching anything. Actually, even my favorite films, I can sit there and I'll watch it for like a little bit, and then I'll just be like, "Oh, that's a beautiful shot." And I'll get inspired and I'll go and just go work, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, "Oh, let's take that note," and then I'll go read about something or I'll go that read was, like, "How do they do that lighting or how do they do that shot sequence or, you know." Because that's yeah, really but, uh, what it makes me. That's what t makes me move is like just learning about how that shit works, you know. Yeah, I, I'm the same. And uh, do do you get that thing where you're watching a film with your wife, 
and uh, you're so absorbed by framing and lighting and choice of lens and pacing and uh, actor direction and you, you don't you just start losing yourself about the story oh yeah that happens a lot actually i was laughing to myself because i was like oh i need to rewatch inception and i was thinking to myself the first time i watched inception i was just really focused on just the visuals and the and the way everything was set up and just, there were some really beautiful moments in the music and the way the music came it was too much for me to really take in to, to focus on the story and so i at the end of it, i was like wait what the fuck was that about but then <laughs> so i had to go back and rewatch it i've, I've rewatched it many times so I get it, but the the times that I was watching it for the first time, it was like I felt kind of bad because I wasn't really able to um, watch it for what it was like a normal person necessarily. I guess I don't know, maybe not. Like my wife doesn't look at framing and stuff like that. I think when she watches movies, she, she might now because I I bitch about it a lot when it's not there. Yeah. I'm like, where it's the exactly, fuck? <laughs> it's exactly the same with my wife. She started to notice all that stuff she she didn't used to. <laughs> yeah, we're ruining them. We should stop because they're gonna not like films and stuff, or they're gonna complain about everything, and that's not a good way to be. <laughs> but my wife nowadays, we're watching a film. And she, uh, right in the middle of the film, she'll say stuff like, "Is this a, is this a Fincher film?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it is. And I'm like, it, "What? You're noticing it's a Fincher film? Yeah, the color, it's all green and yellow, and 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 the pacing." And I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was yeah. one of your dreams to work with uh, David, huh? Yeah, um, I'm actually looking forward to working with a man for for many years, but I'm getting closer. I think I'm, I'm working with a lot of people who've worked with him. Yeah, uh, and it's it's uh, uh, I don't know I don't know if this is going to come off the wrong way, but I'm I'm strategically trying to get to him. Um, fanboy, you're fanboy. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to work with a man. Uh, I mean, indirectly, of course. I'm, I don't think I don't presume to be. In a, in a position to work directly with different David Fincher. Uh, never know, know, dude. You never know. I think that you shouldn't sell your, sell yourself short. I think also it's be cautious of like when you get to meet your heroes, they're not always what they they seem to have been in their in your mind, you know. And at the end of it, a lot of us are just humans, you know. That's what's interesting about all this stuff. I think is is uh, I I do that myself. I'll build up guys in my mind to be this like crazy thing. And then at the end of it, I go, I just realized, oh, they're just fucking people, you know? So they're just people that work their asses off, and then they make the right decisions, and then they're able to do the things that they really want to do, you know? And Well, and, uh, I've, I've been disappointed a couple of times already. Yeah. <laughs> with some of the uh, big-time uh, creative directors working at big shops in the U.S., let's just say that. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've learned that they're not what they seem to be. Uh, well, you know, after all, after all this time, I've 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 come to know a lot of people, and I, I talk with a lot of people over email and Skype and whatnot. Yeah. And I start start I start finding out about all the stories and all the little things that that went on, uh, and I, I start to make a different picture of the people I was looking up to. So it's not something that I'm. I know the man. The man isn't probably the man he is uh, when they they speak of him. Sure, of course, you know, and and everybody. I mean, there there's there's some people that will enter these kind of people's lives at, when they're in their most extreme. You know, when they're on the they're when they're on location and the producer's breathing down their neck and they got all this budget shit that they're dealing with and the actor's not performing right, 
and they're yeah. they got fucking food poisoning from the shitty catering and it's like you have all these things and then they're just like fuck off and you're like damn that guy's a dick it's like nah, yeah. it's, it's he's a it's a he's a victim of circumstance you know so it's yeah. it's really it's it's a challenging thing you know like and when I reason those kind of things like that, it reminds me of that maybe I have Stockholm syndrome or something like that. So <laughs> that I reason the idea that people are just dicks, you know, first, you know. Well, but you, but you, you've worked with a uh, with couple of directors, right? Uh, I mean, for Ender's Game and uh, Total Recall or whatnot, you've worked directly with them. Yeah, yeah. Gavin is really cool. He was a really nice guy. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about him because he was just always very kind and very. Uh, courteous with his time I and mean, he was really busy towards the end there and now that film yeah. itself was just a, such a beast to make I, I would never want to make a film like that you have kids and you have zero zero g space and all these you have a following that you have to like live up to and then you have the budget and just it's just madness and then digital domain went bankrupt midway through the fucking production it's just like Oh. Everything that could have went wrong for that film, it kind of did in a lot of ways, and that's it made it really challenging for him to pull off yeah. to think the film that he really wanted to. Because he was ultimately he's kind of like Del Toro. I think he's just a big he's a big fan of this stuff, you know. And he, and and he had none of these guys that make these films have intentions to make them so that they're going to be bad or they're not going to be successful. It's just what happens. The beast of the beast takes a hold of it and just fucking. <laughs> yeah. takes a hold of it basically you know and it's challenging it's not easy to make these films well it, even a small film is a bitch to do like like we know but uh, um and uh, another thing is is cutting cutting through the the hype which i've i've learned to to see through it mm. all the hype surrounding people and projects and stuff yeah uh, yeah and sometimes in uh, i know you've you've seen this as well a project comes out everybody flocks to it and they're praising it online and whatnot it's a great it's the greatest thing ever sure say forget what just happened (laughs) like two weeks ago yeah and you can you can but anyway you you can see through it because you you know how it how things are done and you know you you just know just look at it and you say okay it's cool but it's not that cool (laughs) i try to i try to really be uh it's hard because you're what you're talking about i think is when you're jaded you know and i and i feel that i get jaded at times and then i get like that too where i'm like uh you know it's okay and blah blah blah. and but there's moments where i have to remind myself like dude don't take this so seriously you know like because once you start taking it too seriously it doesn't become fun and then it becomes kind of like this weird um mental like battle it's weird it's like this weird thing that occurs you know and i have it i have it a lot too my personal self but i've been trying my best to kind of yeah. defeat it that voice you know because it, it can be very demanding <laughs> and not not rewarding either so but there's a flip side to that i would say because if you just take it too lightly then you're just not taking anything seriously anymore and i've i've totally. been there yeah and it's uh it was well there there are good days and there are bad days like everybody else but i've i've been in these creative creative downturns where the flow isn't there for yeah. a week so and you just start just you, you take the job and you, your head isn't there for some reason and it's it, it sucks i mean it, it, you have to be in that moment where you take it seriously enough to do good work otherwise it's just not worth it well i was saying to myself it's i was last night especially uh, i was reading a book on uh, stanley kubrick and his whole thing and i was thinking to myself like the renaissance um 
artists and stuff and and how i was thinking like how they had to deal with things mentally just from my own perception of what that world was like it was a totally different world it was challenging in its own right and its own had its own limitations but the intensity of today's expectations is fucking so severe it's so savage that like it almost makes me feel like it's a hindrance to growth you know like if it it, and that's i was telling you that when i was working on some other stuff just like um, freelance i was like dude this is this this monster is just it's just getting out of control it's like people want stuff so fast so so quickly and it's so improperly managed that it's like we are the ones that suffer and it's like i can't keep just like losing sleep and and trying to pedal this stuff out it just it's not working you know like the it's just too there's no return on this a proper one at least you know and it's i think maybe that's just like because i'm reaching a wall where it's like this is maybe just more of a young man's game and that's like i'm not old it's just like I guess you, in order to succeed in this kind of stuff, you have to be willing to be like, okay, well, I'm just not going to sleep for like three days or something. It's like, I'm getting to the yeah. point where I'm like, you know what? I just, it's not worth it for me anymore. Yeah. Like that, that's just not, I don't well, want it that bad. You know, I want other I, things more, you know, I would say that, um, I would say there are at least two ways to, to do it. I mean, uh, uh, I know what you mean. I've I've had some projects uh, and I knew they were going to be fairly demanding that I, I wouldn't sleep for uh, three days or something like that. But um, you have to, uh, at least in my experience, I've had to learn to accommodate uh, my life to them uh, because I have a full-time job and I work at night and I have a wife and I have a family and I have to spend time with them. But I have to try and find the balance to still do these big jobs and and have a, a life at the same time but yeah. a, a, another way to do it is to work with other people sure uh, other people can come in and help you with things that don't really uh make you any happier to do uh, anymore uh, i mean if you can do like a first frame a template something that starts the project that's that's the the creative outburst and then people can take that and develop it alongside with you that's i mean that's doing art direction uh and i, I think that, that that's a way to relieve yourself of so much burden sure uh, i've yet to to do it uh it's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> I, i've yet to do it because I, I just don't have the resources uh right now but uh you you were you were talking before about um putting yourself out there and believing in yourself. Uh, yeah. When we were talking about Fincher, and uh, I, I don't think in my lifetime I'll be sitting next to him discussing a project. Ah, shut your but, mouth. But, See, you but, can't say that. We got to be cautious of your words, dude. You know, like words are become actions. You know, like that's why we say them, um, especially when you're. I, sorry, go uh, ahead. Uh, well, that's what I'm, I'm getting at, because uh, on a different level, on a different scale. I, I can't talk about it all all that much, but I, I've I've put myself out there to, to do something bigger. Uh, I just I just put myself out there. I, I sent a few emails and I wasn't expecting all that much, and they got back to me, and that was scary because I wasn't actually ready to, <laughs> to, to take it on. So yeah. uh, I was kind of shitting my pants a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I talk like that, but then I actually go ahead and do it. Uh, I'm just scared of doing them. But uh, it's part if, of the if, equation. Yeah, I, I, I think it's natural to be scared of something you don't you don't feel comfortable with. I think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree that that's how I've I've been doing 
my my work life. I've, I'm putting myself out there and waiting for something to, to happen. Yeah. Uh, and working, 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 working. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's good. And that's good that you acknowledge that too and, and your, you know, your own kind of path and stuff. And it's interesting if you look at the formula because a lot of this stuff, like um, I read a lot of like Carl Sagan's shit and like uh, Michio Kaku's stuff as well. Like, and these like fourth dimensions and all like, I, when you break down the, the basic ingredients of life, what makes us like tick and stuff, it's, it's actually really simple. And we're actually, we, we're very singly, like as complex as we are, the fundamentals is very similar. Like yeah. um, the dimensions of what we have. So there's like similarities to what you're saying in comparison to other people's like experiences in life. And so when I hear all this stuff, I always just think of like the similarities and stuff of, of um, myself compared to you and how you're dealing with these things. And, and I think that's what makes podcasts like these really interesting because people that don't know you or me or, and, and just kind of open up this world of like random yeah. words and thoughts, it becomes a relatable experience for them. Yeah. And, and through that relatable experience, you have these like really interesting exchanges of like re the reality that we're all kind of connected in, in, in a similar like universal truth in a sense, you know. Yeah. And um, and when you're saying all these things, fear is actually a big thing that drives a lot of what we do. Yeah. Um, in in a good or a bad way, you know. It's like you know, take what it, whatever it's worth. But I think that. Um, thinking about it is, is, is also being, you got to acknowledge that there's a power within the unknown of fear, you know, and, and accepting it and, la and allowing it to be what it is, you know, because, um, it's a pow powerful device, um, if used properly, you know, but if it's not used properly, then you, it, it, it destroys you. I relate a lot of art to jujitsu and I think that I could relate it a lot to even like cycling cause I do cycling as well. And yeah. I, that's why I think it's important for people to do other activities because you start to realize there's similarities in everything else that you do, and then you realize like how a more pow how much more powerful you can have you can be if you don't like uh, let yourself be controlled by the fear at the moment that it's taking over, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's challenging though, man. It's like uh, I'm always on the fence with a lot of these things, and I never know exactly where to go. But I just hope that, you know, the intention is pure and therefore the destination will be. But it's yeah. the unknown is a is very challenging, you know. And well, uh, I think that, uh, well, in, in regards to what you were saying about having something something besides uh, the work we do. Yeah. I, I The main thing I do besides work is play the guitar. Yeah, yeah. That's what you get is another creative outlet. Yeah, it, it really helps. I, I mean, uh for me, playing the guitar is a lot like designing. There's, mm -hmm. it, it's all about patterns again. Yeah. Finding patterns that sound good and repeating them, repeating them, and finding new ones. Um, but it's, it, uh, although it's uh, structurally the same, it's very different. And it's something that I do strictly for pleasure. I've never played live or anything like that. I just play for myself. And uh, uh, that, that takes me away uh, from everything else. Uh, when I really need to, um, so yeah, I have that that uh, little escape where I, uh, I go when I need to. But um, we were also we were talking about something else. I lost my train of thought here a little bit. But um, well, I, the conversation wanders like a bitch. So <laughs> I was actually I was actually when when the call dropped earlier, I was actually trying to not forget to talk about. Uh, a, a couple of people who actually helped me uh, when I, I was starting out. Sure. One of them is uh, well, the first the first one that it would be Eric S. Anderson at Digital Kitchen back in the day, hmm. like like five years ago. Oh, you've been talking to him since then. 
I've been talking. You know, we, we used to talk more. We don't talk that often right now. Boo! Um, no, we still. <laughs> he's busy now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's very busy right now. But he's, busy he's dodging the he's busy dodging this podcast. Eric, if you're listening to this, you gotta you better get your ass here. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you have you have a lot of stories you want to hear. Yeah, lots of cool <laughs> stuff. But sorry, you were saying you're giving your shout outs too. Yeah, well, uh, Eric helped me uh, uh, a couple of times, but one particular time when I was, the, for the first time, I was re- requested to do uh, a treatment for a commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was with uh, that was with who? That was with First Avenue Machine at, in New York, I think. Uh, I've I've never uh, uh, back then. Uh, I've never done one. I've never, never written um, a treatment. I didn't know how to do it. So uh, I knew that uh, Eric was executive creative director at Digital Kitchen back in the, in those days, and he that's pretty much all he did all his all his days. He would write treatments. So uh, I sent I sent him an email. I, I had worked with him once, I think. I sent him an email, and he got back to me. I wasn't expecting him to get back to me. Yeah. And he got back to me with this lengthy email, explaining everything. He sent me. Uh, uh, stuff that was still under NDA, is it like secret stuff that he was doing for his clients in the, at Digital Kitchen? Don't say. <laughs> he, he sent me the files. Oh, that's and awesome. That, that was like five years ago, um, and uh, that was great because I, I really wasn't expecting anything. And he sent me this lengthy email explaining everything. And I've, I've always thought of that as something that I've I'm tr- I've always tried to do that to other people that reach out to me. Yeah, you uh, gotta have, you gotta give people the chance, and you gotta give them your time. Yeah, you you gotta be. You gotta contribute. You know, you can't just be taking all the time. So the, the wheel spins, I think. And uh, and yeah, Eric was great, and he he still is. We, we still talk. Uh, well, sometimes not that often. But uh, another another guy would be Aaron Becker, who's 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 going to the Off Festival. I'll be meeting him there, as well as you, Ash. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. meet in first first time in person out in Barcelona in the middle of May. Woo woo! Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. And and I'll be I'll be buying everybody a few beers. I expect you're gonna uh, wear that bow, right? That I asked you to wear. You're gonna well, dip your body in in honey and then come running through the stage in the well, bow. Dude, we said we weren't gonna talk about that in the podcast. Oh damn! We can edit that out. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well but i'm <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna meet uh aaron becker there aaron's a good friend i've never met the guy i've, I've always talked with him uh, through email but uh he's a great guy he's helped me a lot we always talk about uh, everything we talk about we talk about um, process and clients basically we talk shop all the time yeah but he is is because his his uh, career has been from working at um, studios and then he went freelance and then he set up his own shop mm. uh, so that's interesting to me because uh, that's what i'm trying uh, to do as well yeah, uh, that, I think that's my that's gonna be my progression if 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 not something else happens along the way. Yeah, uh, but uh, he's super helpful. He's a great guy, and he's been he's been there all along. I'm trying to get him on the podcast, I think. I remember you mentioning his name. Yeah, I've I've actually talked to him about it. And Aaron, if you're listening, get your ass over here as well. Yeah, dude, email <laughs> me. What's up, dude? Come on. Yeah, man, you should. You should <laughs> share he the has- goodness. He's a great guy. He would be a great guest on the podcast. Much better than me. Oh, uh, shut your mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, well, but uh, and yeah, that's that's it. And then uh, and then there would be the the girls at Sarovsky, Aaron Sarovsky, because um, one of the one of the first jobs I did when I started out doing stuff for the U.S. was the the first main title concept I did was for the Killing with um, with Sarovsky. Uh, and that was a, that was an interesting job because it was really up my alley. It was really really my thing. Yeah. Uh, and that that I, I took that one by the horns and I uh, I really went to town with it. And Erin was rich. She 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 let me loose for a week just doing my own thing. Awesome. And by, by the end of the week, uh, I had these boards and they were really good. And she was really happy with them. And I was I was too. And uh, well, those those bars didn't go into production like most of the times. <laughs> but yeah, how <laughs> discouraging is that when you kill yourself for these things and then it just doesn't work? Do you well, ever go like fuck? Well, uh, I'm used to it. <laughs> Me too. I am too. Uh, I'm just. I don't even. Uh, sometimes uh, when they would get briefs, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And then sometimes I go like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I feel is most important because that's why I'm here doing it. And yeah. uh, and I always say it's like better to be the client's brains in their hands. Once they take that power out of you, it's like what's the point in even being there, you know? Exactly, exactly. That that's my feeling as well. Yeah. And I, I don't you do something. This is a little a little a little thing I do. Uh, the client asks you for one concept in three days. Uh, let's say for a main title. Yeah. And you do that concept with a direction that they that they gave you, and you sure. do the best with it. And then you, uh, most often, I'll do another concept, just the stuff I I, I feel like it's the best, just yep. for me. Yeah, you got to give them what they're asking for, and then if you have time, you go and do like a wild card or something that you feel is is what it needs to be. You know, if you have time. But that's really what shows them, like, hey, okay, like, I think a lot of it, too, is, like, they don't know what to trust and if they have to, like, hold hands for people. Some people need their hands held, you know, and not everybody's willing to think outside the box or try different things. So when you get a brief and it doesn't work out necessarily, it's usually because there's a lack of trust there, um, either with the client themselves. Like, I've I've had some fucking nightmarish experience with, with this really horrible managed projects and clients in general so i've i've seen the the gamut of it i've had ones that are just really easy and amazing to get along with and i've had ones that are just not so much but usually at the uh, like you said it's really it's important to do that i think is to give them what they're asking for and then also do your own thing you know because you know, yeah and you know. i i also think that by by doing what they ask for and providing them with um, a different parallel solution well, the, everybody wins, right? Yeah. They're, they're getting a concept that they didn't even ask for. You're doing something that you know is going to be good for your portfolio. Exactly. Uh, so every, it's a win-win situation. And some people don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, like, uh, you know, if you have time and you have the ability, you know, that's that's always seems like a, a no-brainer for me. I always think that, you know, if you have time and energy and you're able to do it, Absolutely. I try to, with those kind of things, I try to just do what I feel is most important at all times, you know, and I just tell them like, well, I'm going to do the best that I can for you at this moment. And, that, and yeah. that's why I'm here. You know, that's why you guys hired me. And, uh, exactly. Well, let me ask you something. What's your what's your process when you're approaching, a, let's say, a, a main title or something like that? Because for me, I always start with a, I know you, you, you draw. I don't, I don't draw a jack shit. <laughs> but, well, yeah, 
I, I can't even draw stick figures, my man. Dude, if you're going to draw, you shouldn't just sit around all day and draw jack, jack shit. You should draw something else. <laughs> I don't. I don't draw, man. I wish I, I wish I knew how, but I don't. It just takes time. Yeah, but... But my thing is, I, I, I know it's supposedly the wrong way to do it, but I, I opened Photoshop with a black canvas. It's got to be black. It can't be white. If it's white, it'll scare me away. I don't know why. <laughs> That's true. White. Some artists, the scariest thing you can have is a blank piece of nothing, you know? Oh, for me, that's, that's the scariest that's thing. That's cool. I never started with black. I'm going to try that out. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, but because I, when I stare into blackness, I can start to imagine things. Sure. You know, when I stare into whiteness, there's nothing it's there. It's all super bright and, and, and scary. Yeah, it's scary, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that, that's the way I do it. How, how do you do it? Uh, well, I guess it all depends. You know, if like they give me a script, or it depends on what they give me, how much food I can, like how much meat I can chew on. You know, then then I can understand and assess like where I can go from there and how much power I can put, produce with it. Um, but if it's just like a very vague, like random thing, then I just kind of I sit there and I think about it, and then I think yeah. some more. And then I write out ideas, like the main words, you know, because there's that universal truth that I believe in, that like everything's kind of connected in its own weird way. That was kind of what I thought was interesting about that True Detective show, like how they were leading to that idea. Yeah. I wish they would have dived into that a little bit more. But but, uh, no, I just sit there and kind of just think about it and focus on the main core themes and ideas and then then I start to write out words and then the words have associations with them and then I go if it's a image based thing I have to go through the internet and find it or I uh, will try to photograph it or something capture that essence because it's all about the essence you know yeah the so essence of it y- you write you write words in, in a little text is that it yeah yeah I don't, I don't usually, yeah, that's funny. I, I don't usually go to writing or or sketching or anything. I mean, I, I, I mean it's just my, my workflow. Everybody has a different process. Sure, sure, which, this, I, which is cool. It yields different results, you know. But I'm, I'm guessing you, you as well spend a lot of time just staring at a black screen for a lot of hours just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll do, yeah exactly. There'll be a lot of relationship with my screen and, and myself back. <laughs> I always thought it would be funny to like record all my stupid faces <laughs> as I'm working <laughs> and like through my like a webcam or something then play them back to myself just so I can see how stupid I look <laughs> while I'm trying to focus on it. Because yeah, I get, I get like all these different emotions. I go, oh, that's good or that's shitty. And it and I and it's almost at the very end, the final two percent is when I know. But I have to push. I have to push through the ninety-eight percent until until it works. You know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the funny thing is, but sometimes my wife will come in and she'll be. I I I mean I've I've been sitting for like three hours or something like that, or four hours. She'll yeah. be, she'll she'll come in and how's it going? And I have nothing to show. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, like shit. You've been here for what? What the hell? What the hell have you been doing? I've been thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put some serious thought into it. I mean, I, I, I act pretty much instantly. I grab this shit and I go for it. Uh, I think that's kind of my training from working at Prologue and stuff. It's like there's really no time to sit and think. But at the same time, I think that can be damaging because I think that it's important to allow the the thoughts and ideas to flourish and grow, and and that I think that is what was sh- I was realizing was just that was showing me what my work was lacking. It was the the initial main thing when I look at guys that do it really well uh, in comparison to myself, 
because I'm constantly relating myself, you know, just to make sure that I'm keeping up with the best of them. And yeah. that was one of the key things. So I tried to do that now, but I just get so uh, anxious and excited just to jump in and start building that I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't allow enough time for the exchange, you know, to well, kind of let things sit. Even though I, yeah, well, even though I go through through a process of thinking about what I'm going to do, sometimes it just takes a life of its own. Sure. Um, and and that's usually how it goes. But I, I'm guessing it's it's got a lot to do with um, the people I look up to in the design world. I've always been a really great fan of uh, what's called classic design. I mean, editorial in print and poster design. Yeah. Guys like Michael Beirut at Pentagram in New York, Paul Asher at Pentagram as well, uh, Stephen Heller at uh, in, in the UK. Uh, well, these guys have been doing this since the 60s and the 70s. And these guys have... Uh, um, I mean, the, their process is incredible. They go through a lot of iteration, yeah. and they, they end up with a, a, a blank sheet with just three dots and a line and a word. And that's <laughs> and it works because you just look at it and you go like, "Fuck, man, these guys have nothing on there. And it works. It's perfect." Yeah. And and I, I'm a big believer in less is more, um, and that's that's something I always strive to to accomplish. And I think. It's been a good thing I've learned from you during this project that we're working on too. Is uh, definitely that you know because I get lost in the uh, madness of other things and I can't wait to talk about that stuff. But that's good. I just wanted to make sure I emphasize that because that's one thing that it's really good to work with peers and, and friends and people that you admire because you get these you get these really beautiful moments of just like ah oh, that's great like this guy this guy is paying attention to this whole different thing that I didn't even see you know. And when there's a lot of respect there and there's like trust, like, because like when we work together, I trust you I, and I respect what you're doing. So I don't really question it. I just allow you to do what you're doing and then I just go, you know. And if yeah. it's not, if it's not on point, I tell you, I don't really care, you know, like you tell me too. So, but I yeah. think that's really key to working with other designers and stuff is to continually push one another to see those different horizons, you know, because you can't always see it by yourself. I think, I think design is, is, is brewed, is, is, is created from the community. You know, I think it's really, yeah. it's spawned through collaborative thinking, you know, like, well, and it, it, it's not been in a, a vacuum. So it's been a great, it's been a great project to work on. Of course, we, we can't talk about it, but it's, it's been Soon. great. To, it's been great to work with you on it. And, um, I mean, I've, I'm pretty much an an outsider on on the on the project. I come in and I do my thing, but uh, that's that's actually what works best for my position on it. Uh, and I think um, I think I've done my some of my best work there. I think you've done some of your best work on it. Yeah, and, I agree. And uh, I think it's been great for everybody. And I think the the less is more attitude is getting pretty pervasive on my on my work. Uh, I, I just finished a couple of months ago the the Cosmos concept I have on my yeah, website. Yeah, I want to talk about that too, yeah, because I love that. I think that's definitely um, all the stuff on your site is my favorite. I, I do love the architect because it's a, it's moving and I can see more of a dimensional side of what you're thinking and how you work, but definitely what you had done with that was really cool. Um, and I actually was watching it. Um, I, I sat my daughter down, and she's eight years old, and it's kind of hard to get her attention on some of these things. But <laughs> I sat her down, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking, and it was just so cool. She just instantly got into it. And we were, talk, we were watching this beautiful show about, like, the cosmos, which is, like, yeah. my, one of my favorite things, you know. Like, science it's, is just so cool. Like, it's and a great show. It, it is it's a really great, great show. Yeah, it, it was yeah. 
and it, and it's the first time I've worked on a really really great show. <laughs> yeah, isn't it rewarding, huh? You're just like, oh. dude, this is killer, you know? Yeah, and even though my my concept didn't get to final production and went on air, I'm still pretty pretty excited to have been a part of it, and I thank the guys at Big Block Design Group. But um, I feel like there's the essence of certain things that you'd captured in your boards that are in there, you know? Like, it's not exactly the same thing, but I think that what they were after was definitely, it was geared towards, the, you know, the ship and, and flying through these scenes and these, like, you yeah. know, I love the eye. Like, the eye looks like ridges of mountains and then it kind of comes out. That's a beautiful yeah. shot. But, is, um, yeah. but I really think that there's the essence of what you were going for is in there as well. It's like a big bit of both things, you know, which is great. Yeah, the, uh, the did a great job. The tra- thanks, man. The transitions, the transitions, the the, the whole theme of the, the open title is the transitions, and um, that's something uh, me and Curtis, Curtis Dust is the creative director, one of the creative directors at BBDG, and um, we, we came up with that, and I think uh, my board still um, had that, and and um, the final piece still has that, and and that's what what I think stuck stuck from the the, the initial concepts. Um, but the thing I was I was uh, getting at is uh, the logo. I, I did a, a logo proposal for the um, for the the concept for the main titles, and that's something that di- they didn't ask for because they already had the logo done. Sure. Yeah. But uh, but I was looking at my frames and I was thinking, eh, I don't like the logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, you don't see it yeah. until you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't like the um, the logo that they were going to use. So. Uh, uh, like I, I I always do, I, I did the the version that they, they asked for, and I did the version that I liked. I did the logo, I did that logo for for the show, and people really respond to that when I when I when I published it. Yeah, I really liked your logo take on it because I think it's a perfect play on what the actual theme of everything is for the the project, you know. So right, it, it, right, it, and I think so too. And, and the thing is, it's less less is more again. It's yeah. just type with the small dot and the big dot on the the big, the big cosmos to the small cosmos. It's all there. Yeah, and it, and that's reminiscent from all the these guys I was just referring to. All the, the other designers and shit. Yeah, all the big designers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's actually a maturity thing. Um, when I feel that when I'm putting everything in the thing and everything in the kitchen sink and in, into a frame, I go like, this is because I'm insecure right now because it's not working. And when yeah. you pull everything back away, uh, you start to see all its flaws and its honesty. It's almost like a beautiful woman. You put you take all the makeup off, and then you can really see if she stands up to being beautiful or not, you know. And and I think yeah. you know, there's a I I like it when my wife doesn't wear a lot of makeup because I'm like, you know, where's your face, you know? Like I want to see yeah, your face. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, and it's just, you know, it's a woman's thing though. They like to have that, you know. I get it. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's like some films are just like covered in like uh, um, lens flares and like camera shakes and blurs and all these things and it's like dude when you're doing that it's like you're it's cool it's awesome but you can only use it for such a little bit of time (laughs) if you continually use it for everything it's just gonna it's gonna become like this weird thing that just it's not the experience you know it's gonna be beyond you're just hiding but most of the time you're just hiding yourself in there yeah it's it's easier to have a lot on screen for people to look at than to just have two things that are really good yeah yeah (laughs) which which yeah, we and talk I've, a bit about that too with the films that we like. Yeah, and I've 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 had some some people that I've worked with some studios um, actually tell me that they they come to me for a certain project because they know 
that I, I, I don't do 3D, for instance. I, I, don't, I don't always, I never do 3D. And they, they notice, and they, they come to me anyway just for the concept of it. And I always say, this, this is going to have to probably get some 3D. And then, no, 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 just do your thing. Do your thing. We don't want we don't want lens flares or 3D or a lot of vector lines or any of that crap. You want your simple stuff. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's really great to hear because that's what I'm that's what I like doing and that's what I'm aiming to to do. And, and that's uh, also I, I think something that um, that kind of makes takes me apart from everybody else because I'm I, I get to have a different style. Let's call it. Yeah. From, most of the designers out there. Yeah, and I've, and when they're de- faced with um, presenting a client with all kinds of new opportunities and exp- and things, uh, it's cool when you have these different various clients and they're asking for these different things. But when they're able to use uh, your abilities to kind of show and present like a different opportunity for them, to, the client to see, it's good. It's uh, yeah. it's smart to this for the studios to see that and, and desire to have that, you know, in the portfolio in general and stuff. So, and, and yeah. I, I guess that's why that's why most of the stuff uh, I do, uh, the concepts I do, don't actually get to to get into production because I'm usually the wild card in there, and that's really difficult to convince the client to go for. Yeah, uh, and I I actually did this concept for NFL. Um, again with the guys at Big Block, the same guys I did Cosmos with, and uh, they came to me and asked for my kind of thing again uh, for the NFL, something I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, American football. Uh, American football, yeah. But um, I did my own thing, and I knew it was risky. I knew it was something totally out of the box, and I knew it was something that uh, the the networks uh, around the U.S. don't use. They always use these shiny 3D big ass. <laughs> Blocks swirling everywhere with flares. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything in the fucking Kinjit Seek in there. Yeah, I have a hard time <laughs> big time because I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, they have to sell beer, you know, so that's that's what they go for. Well, it's entertainment. It's a whole different. That's what I was going to say too about these films that we might be complaining about or whatever. It's it's not that we don't necessarily think they're good. They're just not our flavor, you know. Like uh, that's the cool thing about them. They're yeah. just they're they're some else's flavor you know and not everything is supposed to be geared towards guys like us or that the life the world would be boring as shit you know we're, we're supposed to have stuff that we don't like you know so yeah that's true yeah. that's true but yeah. sorry you're saying the the <laughs> the fucking helmets and lens flares and like fucking vector <laughs> graphics and the yeah, and <laughs> unicorns and shit yeah, man, it's it's totally not my thing. And I, 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 I was I was very bemused, let's say it, when uh, when when Curtis and Sean came to me and said, "We want you to be on the pitch for um, the NFL." We're, we're pitching, mm. and I was like, "What? You got the wrong guy." I think I don't I don't even do 3D, let alone anything else that you usually <laughs> see on on the screens. And they no, oh, we know, we know, we want to do something else. And that was great. They they gave me the trust to come up with something different, uh, and I did. And of course, that didn't that didn't go that didn't go as well with the NFL guys. As <laughs> I was expecting, but anyway, it was it was cool to have their their trust, and it was cool to do it. 
Yeah, that is cool. And I think that they're, they're, they see that and they, they're using your abilities as a device for those kind of things. I'm looking at the frames now. I think it's killer. Um, it does have a ton of shit going on here too. So <laughs> yeah, it still has to, right? Yeah. You seem to really enjoy, um, topography and stuff and the power that it, that it has, um, with the weight of, you know, pictures and, and images. Is that something that you've been like really focused on and into since you started doing design? Is it something that's been kind of like a calling? for you because i know when we collaborate and stuff like that i'm always like asking you like oh what do you think of this or that you know like i like to see what you think as well because i respect your eye for these kind of things yeah and uh where, where do you think that kind of comes from for you well i, I love I for think, topography and shit i think again it comes from the, these these heroes of mine um the the classic design guys but also i think it comes from me doing inter interactive work for so long it's, it was all about type and lines and shit yeah and and that's that's probably why i, I don't like doing ui stuff i yeah. hate doing UI stuff <laughs> that's what i used to do basically when i was a an interactive designer <laughs> yeah yeah and uh but but it, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh i'm trying to get away from this from doing the uh you know the easy solution which is a great photo and uh, nicely put together type uh, on the frame. That's something that you know always always works. It always works. Well, not always. Some people can't pull it off. It's very, uh, you got to know what you're doing. And, uh, well, of course, it always works if you, if you know what, you, what you're doing. But yeah. it's, it's, kinda, it's kind of a, slide, uh, a little bit of a sleight of hand. I mean, it's, it's, it, it became easy for me to do it. Yeah. And that's something I, I, I always go back to when I'm when I'm stressing when I'm I'm I, I'm not seeing it happening in, in front of me I go back to those solutions um, I'm trying to shake it off I'm trying to shake that off because I, I I look at my work and I, I do this often I, I I tell students to do it um, you have to go back to seeing your work after a few months and look at it from a broad perspective. And if everything's starting to look the same, that's a problem. It's yeah, you're starting to have a bit of a problem. I know it's, a, I know you have your style and everything, but uh, if everything starts to look like everything else on your portfolio, what the hell are you doing? You're doing the same thing over and over. That's uh, well, that to me is a problem. Yeah, well, that's um, you're just repeating yourself, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's challenging. This all this stuff is really hard because there's no rule book. Um, it's just like parenting. There's no rule book, and it's all challenging, and nobody knows really that the way to supreme success. If they did, everybody would buy that book, and everybody would be fine. Yeah. So it's like when you're saying that to some people, they're going to be like, "Well, fuck! I'm like, I'm finally figuring out my style, and you know, I'm okay <laughs> with having this style for a little bit." And I'm the same way. I'm like, you know, you got to like. I think if you look at what I try to do is like, I try to add all the different things that I like into one thing. Or to different various things, and and that's why I get kind of tired of doing certain projects that I continually get paid to do, because it's yeah. like, oh, I've already done that. Like, why would I want to continually do that over and over? You know, like, that's yeah. no fun. Uh, the fun is the unknown, which is the scary part, but it's the fun part, you know, at the same time, which makes it well, entertaining. Exactly, part. and and I I know we're on the same page because. Uh, uh, the the last thing you do is the thing they're gonna ask you to do again. Yeah, you you got to be cautious of that, you know. And you gotta shake that off. You gotta try and shake that off. That's why I I, I try and come up with these self self made personal projects to try and uh, uh, skew my 
progression towards that that new thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah, uh, and you have to do that on your own steam and on your own dime and everything like that, which just makes it even more difficult. But that's just yeah. kind of how it goes, you know. If if you want it, you you have to pay, you have to bleed for it, you know. <laughs> like basically, and you have to show the universe that you want it that bad. I think that's yeah. what decides uh, a really talented person from a person that isn't able to make it is like how bad do you want it you know and if exactly. you look at these guys i can't imagine being around like a guy like james cameron all the time that dude just wants to have what he wants and he goes for it you know and the guys <laughs> like that it's probably got to be pretty interesting to, to experience being around them you know like those kind of dudes that pushing are pushing teams and droves of super talented people around demanding these things it's like fuck that's pretty crazy you know it's a lot of work a lot of high high task you know high task work kind of stuff but yeah i was actually listening on my way to home to, uh, today uh, i was actually listening again to your podcast podcast with uh, scott ross mm, yeah uh, about uh now you you were talking about james cameron and that guy was surely a character to 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 know uh, you were talking about David Fincher being probably a, a, a tough guy. Well, <laughs> James Cameron probably the toughest guy there is yeah. in, in the business. So yeah, those, those guys have to be like that, I think. Well, yeah. Like, well, when you're when you're making stuff that nobody's seen before, and you're trying to sell ideas that nobody can, can see to buy, you really have to muscle your way around things in order to get those things made, or that just doesn't happen. And well, and unfortunately, it. people some people have to be dicks about it, you know. So. Yeah, but I, I actually think that that's partially the way to go because I've, I've been helping out um, a director here in Portugal. He's doing a documentary, um, and he's he, he's Portuguese. He's doing a thing here in Portugal. Uh, but his thing is he's he's a, he's a director, but he asks everybody for their opinion. Oh all no, the time. you can't do that. All the, yeah. All the time, he gets pe people together in on on a on a room like. 15 people and he asks everybody for their opinion on everything and i i just can't see how how that's going to work i mean he, he he has to get to a point where his decision is the final decision yeah you he should only to. have like one or two confidants that you can go to for those kind of things because the problem with that is you get designed by committee and you don't you don't get true idealized like direct voice some of the best films are the most wacky ridiculous things because like that person believed in it and they just kept moving for it you know yeah and, I, and, and I, I actually remember something that that francis for coppola said at the end of uh, this documentary on that's online on vimeo i think he said that um uh, a director is the last truly dictatorial position there is you have to be a dictator on set you have to be yeah, yeah, you have to you have to grab control of it and and really do it. It's and if you don't, it just runs its course. And uh, yeah, he's he's got some really great things. Uh, I like watching some of the stuff that he's done. One of my favorite f films about making films is is his uh, Heart of Darkness, which I thought was really great. Is there some things that if you were to have like the most blissful experience or like what would you like? Where do you want all this to go? Basically, like where. If you if you were to say if I were to say okay Philippe next day you wake up and you don't have to do anything other than that thing what would it be? Directing films. Yeah, would you be directing? So that'd be one of your favorite. That'd be like at the top of your list of things well, to do. Uh, 
I'm on the fence about that because I, I don't know if I'm a director or if I'm a, or if I'm a cinematographer. Yeah, there's a big difference there. Yeah, but I don't know because the, the thing that scares me a little bit is when I'm watching a film, I start looking at it and not really getting into it. Yeah, and, that's the and same that's problem. That's something a cinematographer does, I think. Yeah. So maybe I'm a cinematographer and not a director. But on the other hand, I, I thoroughly enjoy um, directing uh, as much as I have, which is very little. But I thoroughly enjoy directing and editing and getting the whole thing up and running and delivering. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there's like, you know, like Steven Soderbergh is really good at, um, I think he does shoots a lot of his own films as well. And uh, Fincher is very aware of, you know, how the camera works. And I think that even Kubrick, Kubrick as well. So I, I think maybe, maybe it's just like you just put yourself through those experiences and then you find out whether you it works for you or not, you know. And it's more about just like you going through the motions of trying out different yeah. experiences, you know. But but the thing is, if, if I'm going to be a director, I'm going to be a director in the U.S., in L.A. I don't want to be a, an European director because that doesn't really work for me. Because uh, I know the way things are set up here. I know the way things work here. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't interest me. Uh, the, <laughs> the kind of work that's done here, the mentality, the, the, the power structures, the money. Yeah. Uh, it's just not there. And uh, I'm not the one that's going to build it. If you know what I mean, I'm not yeah. the one who's going to swim against the, the current to make it happen. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and I'm not interested in making it happen for everybody. I want to make it happen for me. Yeah, and, that's good uh, to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if that's going to happen, it's got, it's got to happen where it's it's done well and for so many years, and that's going to that has to be LA. Yeah, yeah, and and I tell you what, from the friends and people I know that are making films in L.A., it's not easy. <laughs> it's a fucking pain in the ass, you know, like uh, everybody I know that's really talented people, you know, top-of-the-line people that are trying to make the movies and, and things that they're trying to go for. Uh, just they're, they're hitting walls constantly, you know, with the, the system out here as well. So it's just not easy. You gotta, it's, it's a weird game. You have to, you have these people that you need to get money from. So there's this exchange and then they have to trust you and they, and you have to trust them and you're making these things that like nobody knows and won't see or won't understand until the end of it. And it might totally suck and they could lose fucking millions of dollars and, and <laughs> crash a company and lose their house it's an oh, enormous yeah, amount I, of risk you know it's a dream but it's uh it's not it's not like i, I don't know that it's really fucking hard no I don't, it's not that i was saying that i was just saying that i'm maybe my telling myself how maddening yeah. it is you know like because it's you know like even when i'm reading the books on like kubrick like with kubrick he he uh he didn't. He he's he made like I don't know three films before he started making a, even a profit. And I think the first movie was Lolita. I think it was that he was able to do, or maybe it was like Passive Glory or something. I can't remember. But yeah, uh, it was Passive Glory, I think. Yeah, yeah, but he was working. He was he was uh he was hustling, playing chess, uh, and that's how he was paying the bills. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, he's a really smart dude, and he would he would play chess out in like uh. So I think it was in New York, so he'd be out there playing chess and, and betting and making money a day. And I guess he would make, like, at the day, I had this interview with him that's really cool on my computer. I listen to it every once in a while. But uh, during the day, he would be playing there, and I guess he would make, like, 3 to $4 a day. And back then, it was a lot of money to be made on just kind of, you know, playing chess and stuff. So. Yeah, and I, 
we've talked about it, uh, you and me. We've talked about it before, and it's it's a really hard life. Uh, I, I know a few directors who are directors, commercial directors, that is. And it, being a commercial director is pretty hard. They travel all the time. They have to put they put themselves out there all the time. Uh, everything goes by the wayside, um, and that's really hard. And all the best directors that we, all the, the ones we love, they really had to uh, get in there, uh, mortgage their houses, uh, get divorced, or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, they really, really, really believe that in what they're doing, and that's just their main thing. Yeah. That's their priority. And I don't know if I'm ready to be that guy. I'm not. So, I'm, that's not my thing. <laughs> I'm not going to do yeah. it with that much cost. It's not worth it. The cost yeah. is not. You know, it's, it's it's an endless void. You know, you're sitting there at the end of your movie and it sucks, and you're just everybody's critiquing it, and then you've lost everything. It's like fuck. What the fuck. You know, <laughs> that's, that's gotta be really hard. So that's why I'm I, I have a a lot of plates spinning. Yeah, uh, that means I I'm I'm interested in various things, and I think it might be a lot of things in the future. Sure, I, I might I might continue to be a designer. I still love it. I still love doing it. I'm not burned out. I'm not that jaded. I still yeah. love doing it. There's a lot I want to do still. Yeah, um, and it's it's still very hard for me to accomplish some of these things I want to do as a designer because I'm. Well, location doesn't matter, but that's not entirely true. There are things that you, you have to be there to do. Sure. Uh, and then uh, there's being a cinematographer, which is also something I'm very fond of. And who knows, maybe a director. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot going in there for me. So we'll see. Well, the reason I ask you is because, like, you know, with all these big goals, it's important to know exactly what it is that you want to become and do. Because uh, the sooner you know that and find out what it is, then then the, f the sooner you can get to, you get working to make it happen, you know. Yeah. And the worst thing is if you don't like really focus on it, then you're just kind of all over the place, and then you don't know what it is, and then and then before yeah. you know it, ten year go ten years goes by, and you kind of you're kind of tired, you know. You're like, fuck, I don't, I, don't, I just want to hang out and sit down, you know. So, <laughs> but at the same time, if you really try and you work hard for it, then it's okay, you know. So. Um, I think it's, I think there's all these different ways of looking at it, I guess, you know, and perceptions and stuff, but there's a lot of people that are able to success, successfully have families and make films and, you know, like I've, I've heard many people say about JJ Abrams, he's, you know, he's got to be one of the most sought after uh, big blockbuster Hollywood, uh, directors now, and he still has a family and, and maintains it, uh, in to some degree, you know, so if he can do yeah. it, then you know why can't other people? You know, so it's there's this there's this new generation, I guess, uh, guys like J.J. Abrams and uh, even on a different level right now, Anthony Scott Burns and he, he does VFX, he does he does uh, camera operating, he does a story, he directs the thing. Yeah, uh, guys like him, guys like probably you, you're gonna be. Uh, there's a whole different generation right now that can do everything if they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And still keep it in, keep it keep it tight and have a have a life while they're doing it. Sure. So yeah, so maybe there's 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 room for doing everything and still still be able to to age with your wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy your enjoy your life, you know, and not be like you know just focus on these weird things. I think it, you're what you're saying basically is the art, the craft of making these things has become. A little bit less tedious where you're you know like imagine making a movie i was when we were up there in washington i was thinking to myself i can't imagine doing this without the internet 
you know it just it would have been such a bitch to do it you know yeah. and such a trying you know even if we had to use real film i mean dude the money you just hear that machine going and this is money just flying out the door and you only get so much takes but with the digital it's like yeah you know fuck it do it again you know yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you mean yeah. action do it again do it again do it again you know it's like that's so it's getting easier in a sense where it's we're able to use technology to help us, but it's within you know reason, I guess you know. Within and I, I actually I actually feel like I owe a large chunk of my life to the internet because that's how I started to work. I, st- I started to work on online websites and that kind of crap. Yeah, and and that evolved into motion graphics, and then I got a job at a full time house, and then. Um, I started working for the U.S. doing this. It's all based on the internet. It's all through the internet. Yeah. And uh, uh, so you just take it for granted now, but uh, it, it saved my life basically. Okay? Otherwise, I'd be working with my father, um, checking stuff over the counter at a, at a factory because I, I actually did that for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I managed to get away from it just because the, the internet uh, happened. Uh, the internet started to to come to Portugal, there were these, these providers coming up and we were very tech savvy, me and my brother. And uh, we got, we were some of the first people to have internet at our, our house. And uh, that's, that's when it started. That's what saved my life. I remember the old modems, the old yeah, sounds, yeah, 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 yeah. AOL and shit. You get like a hundred AOL discs in the mail. It's, it's, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fuck off AOL. It's super expensive. I had to pay. I always overran the time I was allowed to use the internet. <laughs> I had to pay extra every goddamn time. <laughs> I still remember that. Yeah. yeah. The internet's really amazing. There's, There's been a... I've read this article, I think, called The Dark Arts off of uh, Kodaku or some one of those websites. Um, but it's yeah. about like Tumblr feeds and all these things. And, and creative. I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I, I think I posted it up. Did you get a chance to see that? I did. I, I I read the whole thing. It's, it's pretty interesting, it's, huh? Actually, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. It, like they interviewed uh, my friend Aaron and and a couple other people um, yeah. about like their the feeds and stuff. And everybody has a different outlook on it. Um, some people are like, you know, fuck this, this is bad. But some people are like, this is good. You know, like it's good to have all this kind of opened communication. You know, which I think is good too. I think you can't go wrong with it. I just think that. With all the insurgence of all this information, you got to really be cautious of what you pick and choose to do with your day, and uh, that's the challenge right there. You but know? The, the other day we we were talking. I don't know if you remember Ash. We were talking about the guy who wrote True Detective. Remember yeah, that? I love this thing that you're talking. Can you tell that story again? Because I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I read online that Nick Pizzolato, the guy who wrote the whole thing, he he took the job himself to writing the the whole story. Yeah. Uh, but he, the the interesting thing about the the process of him writing the um, the True Detective show, the first season, uh, he isolated himself from everything. He he was uh, somewhere in the U.S. I don't know where in a small town somewhere with his wife. And he, he didn't he disconnected himself from Facebooks and Twitters. He, he does have an account on every one of those things, but he, did, he didn't use them on, on purpose. Uh, he didn't go online to read the articles. He didn't go to read reviews or whatever or try. He didn't he didn't go online to watch uh, films or other other TV shows and try and get some references for his own shit. Uh, he just stuck to it and he wrote it himself like a book. He he, he thought of it as a book. 
and he wrote it out. And that's, he says, and I read this in an interview, that's what saved him from doing just another TV show. Yeah, that's, the that's disconnection. What, that's, right, true, that's why True Detective has this, this pacing, this mood, this feeling, this underlining thing that everybody felt. That's why the show was so successful. Yeah. Everybody felt it was special. But not a lot of people can point their finger and tell why. It's just, it's just there. You can feel it. Yeah, but you think that's what it was, that he disconnected and it was allowed himself to kind of flourish in his own like disconnection, I guess, if that makes sense? I think so. I think, I think he got into a state of mind where he, he was concerned about the task at hand. Yeah. And he, he, he allowed himself to try new things. He allowed himself to be different. He allowed himself not to be conscious of what people were going to think about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know from experience that uh, once you get uh, some recognition from the stuff you do, and, and, and besides that, he, he was a first-time writer, I think. He, he had written like a book or something. So he wasn't even known in L.A. or HBO never heard of him. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so he, he, he went away and he wrote this thing. He was a true believer on it. He had actually written for The Killing, the uh, adaptation uh, that was shot in, in America of The Killing. He wrote a couple of episodes. He hated it. <laughs> he hated it because he was forced to do those cliffhangers that everybody does in the shows to get people to watch the next season and all that crap. Yeah. And so he was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do something different. And and when the True Detective um, uh, went on, on air, uh, people were like, oh, yeah, we can't wait for the, the next season. And then he said, no, 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 next season is going to be totally different. Different story, different characters. This is just that's great. This eight, eight, eight episodes, that's it. Yeah. And no, nobody understood that. And it took a lot of balls to, to take that to HBO, and it took balls from HBO to accept it. Yeah, well, HBO seems to be a company that there's somebody there that's in charge of the money or something that's willing to understand that art takes risk, you know, like good art takes, takes risk. Yeah. And that's good. It's good to have that kind of person in your corner when it comes to this shit, because yeah, it's good. Art does take a lot of risk, significant amount of it um, to really make it work. You can't be like, it's like, you know, people are trying to compete with the idea of competing with Breaking Bad. It's like, you just really can't. It's one of the yeah. best shows of all times that it ever will be, probably. And you just yeah. got to make your own shit, you know, and make it your own. And and, 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 and I guess that's exactly what he what he set himself up to do. I mean, yeah, uh, I think that's why it was successful, because he, he got away, he got himself away from everything else. Yeah. And uh, uh, I don't think people actually realize how powerful that can be. From sure. Sure. A lot of writers do that, though. A lot of guys will just disconnect, especially back in the day. I think like Stephen King will be uh, off, go off into his own like. Uh, I guess he's rich now, but before he would go off into like locations or something, like to hotels or something, and then isolate themselves so they have nothing but that book and that thing to kind of push yeah. themselves into. And and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, you're you brought up a really great point, and I agreed with you completely, completely because I think that when you do disconnect, you make the most amazing work and when i was up in washington with anthony and the crew doing the title sequence for off it was uh it was uh it was a beautiful really it was it was a really beautiful experience because i didn't focus or think about anything else yeah but you when i'm at there. home i got so many fucking things it's like sheesh man it's just, <laughs> it sucks yeah you you were there in the moment and your concern was with that thing you were doing right there so. exactly yeah and the okay. laser focus 
that makes a big difference. Totally does. It just I think it distinguishes the 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 pros from the wannabes. I think it, it shows that you're willing to that you love it so much that you're willing to dedicate all your attention to it. And it and and good work does it, it only works it only good work I think uh, is good because people put their all into it, no matter yep. what it is. You know, like. Um, you and I are big admirers of a lot of what stuff that like Prologue does and stuff, and it's just breaks down to the people that are doing the, that work. They're really passionate about what they're doing there, you know. And that always shows, right? It, it shows, shows, yeah. Whether it be user interface for uh, Iron Man to title sequences for a horror film, it's all yeah. kind of the same formula where it's just it's just about putting yourself into it wholeheartedly focusing and as you on get it. older and as you get older I, I actually believe that as you get older you start to really see that you start to really understand where's the passion in it where's where's the delivery of everybody that worked on something yes you really, you really just took a, you really just take a glance at something like you said before you take a glance at a frame or something and you can you, you can see it yeah it's, we were actually. I wanted to talk about one other thing too. Is that we? Were, you were sending. You sent me a link of uh, somebody uh, did this really beautiful analysis of uh, David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and all the hidden similarities yeah. and stuff. And I actually watched that one documentary too. But I couldn't get through the whole thing because it was annoying me. But the Shining documentary about the uh, the room three two thirty seven or something like that. Yeah. I, I I watched that too. I I don't think I finished it either. <laughs> yeah, what well, it became very annoying to me actually. And what I was gonna say about this is that having just the little experience I've had with directing and stuff is that um, when you're on set and you're doing these things, uh, there's these moments that just kind of happen. And they and when you're looking at them later on in hindsight and you overanalyze and you and then you apply your own definitions to it, it becomes yeah. this whole other thing. It becomes a cult classic in a sense and becomes its own, own entity and blah blah blah. But with these uh, these uh, these analysis were kind of tripping me out because I was telling you I was like, you know, deep down I think maybe Fincher was aware of these things. But I think that maybe he wasn't. I think maybe it's just that he is that kind of guy where he puts himself so into it that it just kind of comes off that it was intentional, you know. And I think for a lot of these things that these people do analysis and stuff on. And what I wanted to say here on this thing is that I really wish the people that spent all the time that did their analysis would go and make their go make <laughs> films because they would yeah. realize that. Uh, 90% of it is just off the cuff going for it because you just can't control all the anomalies because it is a big it's a big like it's like herding kittens basically it's like there's no way to really like get control over the situation really and the more you try to control it the less control you have I agree I agree with you and I, I was actually thinking while, we, while you were talking I was actually thinking about something else uh, I, I was thinking that um, you know the tree of life the movie from uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Terrence Malick. Yeah. Yeah, Terrence Malick. Exactly. Uh, the thing about Malick, um, a lot of people love uh, his films. I, I actually like like two of them. I hated Tree of Life. I think Tree of Life is a cinematographer's showreel. Yeah. <laughs> I never. And, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. To be completely honest, I wanted to. Yeah. I really wanted to like it, but I just couldn't. I did. I, I did actually sit through it, and I was really hyped to to watch it because the trailer's beautiful. The trailer's all yeah, and beautiful. Brad stuff, Pitt's right? a great actor too. He always, you know, he delivers really good roles and stuff yeah. too. You know, so you know yeah. you're going to experience something rad. 
But the thing is, uh, I think Terence Malick does the exact the exact opposite. He, he overly thinks yeah. things on shoot, yeah. and then and then when you go watch the film, it's not apparent. I mean, this shot is this shot is supposed to signify this and that when it lingers to the flower and then goes back to the flare of the between the cloth of the lady and blah 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 blah. And uh, there's a meaning behind that from the director. He really thought about it, but yeah, you don't. Sure. While you're watching it, you don't get it. It gets you lost really? in translation through that. Yeah. 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 It, so that that's a, another pitfall that you can really get into. Yeah. Overthinking stuff and then it just doesn't. I mean, European films are like that. Most European films are like that. Yeah, I've noticed that too about um, my experience with watching European films. Is they're beautiful in their own right, but they have that moment where you're just like. You know, if I'm not in the mood, I just can't sit through it. I just can't watch it. I just want nope. to, you know, because it's like it's like I have to to pay <laughs> yeah. tr- crazy the, amounts of energy to to absorb it, you know. The secret behind the European films is that they don't give a shit about the audience. Yeah, which is That's- which is sometimes it's cool because some audience members liked that, you know, like which is cool, and I get that, and not everybody <laughs> wants to be spoon fed. Um, things and there's a time and a place for that you know but sometimes yeah. like i love to i love those guilty pleasures where i just want to go and be entertained you know like exactly but go watch it, jurassic park because it's silly and it has exactly, continuity but, issues but it's fun but if you're doing if you're doing that thing where it's supposed to be for a, a a small audience small target audience and you're doing your own thing it's art house and whatnot then don't shit on the la films don't shit on hollywood then that's what they they always do they always talk about Hollywood like it's eh, it's this big machine popcorn stuff, but they <laughs> actually care about the audience. I mean, of course, there's there's these blockbusters that nobody gives a shit about, but there are good films like, uh, I mean, I'm gonna say the same films again, but uh, Captain Phillips or uh, Prisoners or whatever. My wife really liked Captain Phillips. I I don't know. I couldn't really connect with it. There were some really great moments in it, but I just. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't get into it. I have to rewatch it again. Um, well, but yeah. then, then, then maybe you're not gonna like Michael Clayton too. Like I, I, I keep talking about. Well, it's that. weird though because I like things. I think it's also it's my mood and the time that I watch it. You know, like if I'm yeah. really being like hyper analytical about like things in film or something, and I'm learning from like Kubrick or something, I'll relate everything to that. Just because I'm trying to get a good basis for things, you know? And then so if it's not at that same level, I'll be like, well, this is not, you know, I was expecting something else, you know? And I just yeah. have to be aware of that. But I try I try my best nowadays just to digest things for what they are. And if something sucks, I just kind of go like, that was just horrible. You know? <laughs> and then I just move on and go into something else that I'm interested in at the moment. You know? Yeah, but, we have to because we don't have the time to lose really stuff that doesn't really... Yeah. Well, I don't I don't watch films uh, all the time because they usually suck for me. I don't like them because they're just like uh, it's challenging. And I think that that's one thing that scares me because I re- realize that a, a big common thread from all the research I've done is that a lot of the, the directors that I admire, they just consume tons of films um, right. in good or bad. And that was one of Kubrick's jokes actually say like, well, like. Uh, I could do better than that because that's shitty, you know. Like if I can do better than the shittiest film I just saw, then then I'm okay, you know. And uh, and it's the truth, you know. It's it just challenging, but I have a hard time sitting through bad films because I just kind of I'm like I'd rather be drawing or doing something else, you know, like or watching a good film. So usually what I end up doing is just watching all the classics again because they're so good, and and every time I watch them, I get something else new from them, you know. Yeah, and I, and actually, I, I know what you mean because I I was I was watching Elysium 
and I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack from saying <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> I was watching Elysium. I don't I don't give a shit. I was I was watching Elysium and I, I, I couldn't finish it for the love of God. Oh yeah. My, yeah. Uh, I, was I was in watching, the theater, I was stuck in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching I mean uh, I didn't know what I was watching anymore. Uh, I mean I had to shut it shut it off and go do something else. Uh, same with Ender's game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the work you did, of course. I no, did. but that get you, though. I totally understand that, though. It's a film. Come on. We, we, you can't be partial about these things. You no, can't, you can't. Of, yeah. of, of course, you love some of the work done, uh, either it's uh, cinematography or the VFX or the UI sure. or the titles. But if it's crap, it's crap. you, you got to be honest about it. It's, yeah. It, it, and it, it depends on what you like. You know, that's another thing, too. Because I was continually asking myself, like, well, is it me that doesn't like her is this perfectly good for a younger audience you know and then i think to myself it's probably just really good for the younger audience you know because i'm missing it you know and it's not have it doesn't have the things that i that i desire in a film but then i go to myself like i like really weird shit you know and it's all over the place you know like uh I'll watch like a Tintin then I'll go watch the American beauty. And I'm like, this is cool. You know, I'm enjoying the experience between those two weird films, totally different or, or the animated film, Iron Giant or Ghost in the Shell or Akira or any of these different types of experiences. Or I don't have, I I don't have anything about uh, against sci-fi. I mean, I love sunshine. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. You like good movies or movies that you enjoy though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, and I do understand that, uh, there are people who obviously like those films and there's a whole generation coming up. that's going to love it. I'm sure. But, uh, I can't dismiss my own opinion. Come on. I, 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 of course I, if I don't like it, I don't like it. And yeah. I, I, was actually, I was actually thinking about something. After watching True Detective, uh, you, you the show ended and you go back to watching some episodes of some other shows that are on TV. Yeah. And I I I, uh, I zapped through. I, I watch a little bit of The Good Wife. I watch a little bit of House of Cards. I watch, and it's not the same. I've, I, I think I've been spoiled by what's good. <laughs> when you're watching, I was watching The Good Wife the other day yesterday actually and it's it's uh it's a traditional show right yeah the camera does what's expected the show ends and what on uh, what's expected uh everything is traditional yeah. and that just doesn't work for me anymore <laughs> yeah well some projects will do that for you you know like i thought it was really funny when i was growing up there was that show home improvement with Tim, yeah. the Toolman Taylor, and it was like I, when I was a little kid, I realized at that moment, like this show is just keeps repeating. Like I'm getting tired of this guy. He has a problem, then he goes to talk to his neighbor, then he resolves it, and it's like the same thing every yeah. time. But people like that repetition. They like that familiarity. You know, that's what makes like shows like uh, Seinfeld and stuff work because there's a there's a constant similarity that happens through all the episodes. But then, like I get what you're saying, and I agree, and I and I love like like Breaking Bad's one of my my favorite television shows and one of my favorite episodes of that was when the fly the fly episode that's actually I've never, a, I've never watched breaking bad i can't believe that because if you haven't watched that then you don't know what a good good show is i think personally i think because they've take they took all these different risks to make these this show and it was a very special ex- experience i think for watching it become yeah. what it was and it, it didn't sacrifice when it could have and there's actually i've never said this but there's i never said this about another show but there's never a bad episode. They're all amazing. They're all better than like most films, which is like crazy. And it just goes to show, I think it's about good writing and a really amazing crew that wants to put it together and are willing to put in the effort. 
and they work hard for it and it shows it really does and they're they're a part of something that you know i feel bad actually for vince gilligan the guy that wrote it because i'm like dude you you have huge shoes to fill (laughs) huge the hugest of shoes based on that whatever that is like it's almost like you should stop doing that and go do something else you know like not like he can't do it again he probably can because he's got that talent but it's just dude that's crazy it's like the actor that plays Bond, right? James Bond. He'll he'll always be James Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some well, it's typecast, you know, and you can only go so far, you know. So yeah, which is which is a total challenge, um, and and for most people, and and that's that was funny when I was reading the article, or actually the autobiography by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was saying like how he was getting typecasted. He didn't want to. He wanted to do comedies, you know, and then he yeah. eventually did it because he's just a badass and he just do, does whatever he puts his mind to. <laughs> And uh, it was it was interesting um, seeing like somebody at his level and he was fighting through it and he ended up making it you know what he wanted to happen and stuff and that was really cool as well I had I really enjoyed um, reading that or listening to that actually too. You were talking about you were just talking about how how some people just progress into something totally different and uh, I was thinking about Gareth Edwards the guy who's directing or just directed Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People brought him he, up quite a few times. Uh, I met the writer of that of that um, movie. Oh, really? Yeah, in L.A. He was a nice dude with Anthony. It was a cool, cool dude. But yeah, that guy that they, they, he did monsters or something like that, right? Right. And he, the, the funny thing is, if you go on Art of the Title and you you write his name on on the search box, uh-huh. he'll come up as a, a guy who did titles like four or five years ago he was he was a title designer just like us oh yeah there you go so there you go and now he's doing his own thing i've heard he's really good and really good to work with too Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah, I've, I've had a, I think one of the guests, I can't remember who was mentioned in his name, but said that he was really good to work with because he was like, he was a, he was like a troop, you know, like a trooper, you know, like he's been in the, the, tr- the trenches. So yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's not like one of these guys that like points his finger and like, you do that, blah, blah. Cause I can't do that. And I just going to provoke you with fear. Like he's able to do like, you know, get down there and be like, Oh, you know, I think the same thing happened with like Neil Bloomcap too, when he was making district nine yeah. is uh, he mm-hmm. was, he was able to do like rent. And, and 3D stuff and show them like concepts and, and he had made his own short film to show you know his abilities and stuff and that that kind of goes back to what you're saying about this new age of of uh, kind of filmmakers where they have all yeah. these multiple faceted like skill sets and stuff which yeah, is a good thing or a bad thing you never know you know it's hard to tell yeah but it's at the same time I think it's encouraging if you if you knew that this guy was a title designer like five years ago and he's doing Godzilla for God's sakes yeah sure, it's uh, true man that's a that's a big jump and i I just hope he's he's successful I mean the trailer for Godzilla looks great I hope the film is good yeah they used some stuff from what was it like two thousand one or something like that they were using some uh some examples from other plastic like there's a there's the music or something I can't remember what it was but there was something that was used from something classic that I was like, oh yeah, that's interesting, like how they're using that, you know. So, but yeah, you never know. It's challenging, and I think that um, that is cool. And I think what you're saying is this, it's relatable. The success is like you're like, well, if this guy can do it, then I can do it, you know. And right. mon- monkey see, monkey do kind of shit, you know. <laughs> so and it helps. It helps when you're like lacking the encouragement or lacking that, you know, like can I do this or not? But I think that when it comes down to it, Philippe, I think that you're talented and, I, and I'm really excited to see what you do with what you're doing, you know, and I think that you should 
um, you should dig in deeper to this thing and what you're creating and, and write the stories and, and, and build it out and build the world and, and invest the time and the effort to go make your short film and see what it becomes. You know, if you really put your all into it, I'm sure it's going to be noted, you know, um, you know, high or low, you know, like I look at uh, my friend Anthony, his success when he made Manifold. And it's just so cool yeah. to see a dude that's just wanting to make his dreams come true and he's literally doing it right before my eyes and it's so killer you know like, i love it and i get so like i get so much uh excitement and happy like fulfilled the happiness when i see my friends killing it like it makes me so pumped up like i get so excited because it just makes me it reminds me that i can do it but at the same time i'm just so stoked that the people that i enjoy and, and admire are, are doing what they love you know and i just it's it's killer because a lot of people aren't doing that you know and it's and it's it's challenging you know to to see yeah. that you know and that when people don't live up to their potential so yeah when we we live in exciting times where everything seems to be possible right now and, yeah uh, and watching a guy like Anthony Burns it's pretty exciting to see what he's been doing what he's probably gonna do in the next few years um, so yeah it's exciting for all of us yeah. Indeed, man. Yeah, there's so much to do. And it's, I don't know, like you said, it's just an exciting thing all around. Yeah. But, dude, this has been oh. good. This has been a good podcast. We've been trying to do this for a while. Um, and then we were going to yeah. hold off. We're like, let's just wait till this project that we're doing is going to be done. And we're like, ah, let's just do yeah. this and we'll go, we'll do like a group podcast and we can talk about the process of that, you know, as a group. But, uh, no, it's been a long time in the making, but I'm, I'm happy that we are able to do this and, We'll definitely have to do like a part two once you get like another project out or something you want to talk about. Because I know that myself and, uh, you know, when I was starting out with all this stuff, I would have loved a resource like this where people can talk about their process of how they did it um, yeah. in a candid conversation on our level. You know, like it's when you look at guys like Fincher and stuff, they're so far away from us. You know, it's like <laughs> but when you go to towards somebody that's like us, we're very close to most of the community, you know, like with what we do. We're not we're not unobtainable, you know, like we're getting there, but it's not that bad, you know, so. Well, we all have we all have to have these little goals i think i mean it, it was very exciting for me to when i was on featured on um on a motion motionographer sure when I, when I started to to work with you on the project that we're doing yeah when i when i started to work with a few studios i mean th these are all milestones for me yeah and being talking to you on the, on the podcast right now i i know there are going to be guys tomorrow um the, the day you release this so go going on the bus to their work listening to this just like i do to every podcast that comes out <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun it's it's like i said fun times exciting times it, indeed man fun times and exciting times indeed because the world the va the what the net is vast and infinite <laughs> which it is, is uh and... it's the same word twice basically <laughs> one more powerful than the other which is a bad translation at the end of uh, ghost in the shell but it's still funny and it's awesome and ironic at and the it, same time I've, I've never actually seen the, the film spoken in this its native language i, I just can't I've, I've watched it too many times with oh yeah english translation i can't watch it speaking in japanese so. oh really wow no yeah that's the way to go i watch it only in japanese now I, I just that it just means i didn't focus on it more but i almost know every word so because i've seen it so many times <laughs> yeah, i can watch it without even anything happening because it's such a killer <laughs> film but yeah and i'm excited for us to talk about like all the other things that we're doing and stuff so we'll be able to cash in on all that madness and stuff it'll be a lot of fun yeah, man, and, and thanks for having me. Dude, uh, anytime, man. Like, I'm really excited to meet you and hopefully your wife when we're out there, and it's going to be great fun. Um, 
You know, yeah, just... I think so. I think it's going to be cool to meet every everyone and you especially because we've been talking for so long. Yeah, we'll go have some drinks. Dude. It's going to be killer. I'm excited and go see yeah, all man. the beautiful. Like I can't wait to see Barcelona because that sounds so oh, amazing. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah, I, I really know you're going to love. It. Yeah, I love that yeah. shit, dude. I love Europe in general. The experience I've had so far. It's just such a crazy beautiful place. It's it's a great place. Europe in general is a great place to live, not a great place to work. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a living. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah, sense to me. That you know, you just want to live. You don't want to work. You know, so you just want to experience good food and culture, and and yeah, that's it. You know. And you're gonna you're gonna experience good food in Barcelona. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, baby, I love good food. <laughs> Killer. Well, awesome, oh, dude. Awesome. Thank you, thank you so much, dude, and have a good night, and uh, and we'll chat later. And I'll be posting up your work and your website, and um, you do like Twitter and stuff too, right? Yeah, a little uh, bit. It's, it's my name. It's Twitter uh, slash Flip Carvalho. 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 <laughs> You're never gonna get it right, dude. I will. Come on, I'll practice it while we're out there. You can. I'll get. I'll get it down. <laughs> yeah, but you you'll get a Spanish accent on it, and it's gonna ruin it forever. Ah, uh, <laughs> my American accent. But yeah, I'll put all your I'll put all this stuff on there so everybody um, can see what we're talking about and kind of get a familiar familiarity with what he does. And if you have any questions, uh, you can reach out to him. And uh, hopefully, he's got enough time. He can email you and stuff. So if he's not disconnected enough, so. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wicked man. Well, dude, thank you so much again, and you have a awesome night and get some sleep thank you again for having me on this thank you any problem anytime buddy well talk soon then later bruh bye bye, bye.